Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thursday or Friday Eve, as they call it. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. What up, everybody, in the comment section? What up, Derek Gunn? What up, Barrett Brooks? I Yo. am Alice. How we doing, fellas? What's up, my brothers from another good. mother? What's the oh, deal? What's the deal? Good, baby, baby. All good. Oh, baby. he's got a shamrock green on today. Look at him. Got my sand, my sand jam. This is a, these are like a, it's like surf apparel. Not that I surf, but it's a, it's surf apparel. <laughs> you imagine me on a surfboard? Dude, no. you don't you don't surf? <laughs> me? Yeah. Are you no? You know what I'm good at? Like what? sitting on the beach and like waving by people who really do the, <laughs> those kind of activities. Watch uh, out! Uh, yeah, There's a shark. Up. Look out! There's a shark. Yeah, that's what I'm take good you, at. Take you down memory lane. My shirt today is. Summer, 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 summer time. Yeah. There we go. There we go. My boy, my boy DJ Jazzy Jeff gave me this shirt. Um, and uh, you remember that song Will Smith and Jazzy oh. Jeff did the soundtrack? Oh, no question. Dude, all time. that song is still a classic, man. Yeah. That's mm. a great song. Like they, oh, my goodness. they obviously Will went in a different direction, you know, with his, with acting. But like that, when they were still making music, man, that was it. That was a, that was an all timer. And no all question. No question. Dude, in the in the summers, you can still go in the mall. I mean, and they play, and all of a sudden, the song pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't still listen play. to music. Yeah, I, was saying, I don't listen to music, but I will. Like, I'm out in the backyard cleaning up, or it's or, a you know, work yeah. on my school. Yep, that's what I Yo, listen look, to, man. Yeah, man. Look, oh, Daz Deal. Look at the D Gun playing on Will Smith in the clan, the, the chat today. Now, brother, I'm not a violent <laughs> person. I ain't slapping nobody, man. I'm a peace loving <laughs> man. <laughs> Although I, 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 I don't thought know about we're, it, I don't know who we're slapping unless it's ourselves. Like right, we're sitting, right, right. you know, it's, yeah. But uh, well, hey, hey, I, I'll tell you this though: the the, uh, the you know, if you look at it, the Warriors, got slapped yesterday. Oh Woo! man! Oh man! Did they? Yeah, you know, I, I, that's. I just all I want is a good game, and and I, I it wasn't. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get a sense the Warriors were coming back in the second half in that game, and. Tatum showed up in a big way. Jalen Brown showed up in a big way. Al Horford continues just to make plays. How about the outlet pass? Do you see oh, that one God. where went out of bounds? Point. He gets it off the ref and he throws a perfect strike. And, and granted, the Warriors are complaining oh, about goodness. the call and asleep, but it was you know he just makes plays, man. It's crazy. I tell Boy, you what, when Golden State got that seven point play, you know uh, Curry hits the three. Then yeah, the you thought maybe there, yeah. And then they took they took the lead, 83-82. I'm thinking, okay, well, this is going to be all the way down to the wire. Yeah, but I tell you what, man, Boston's defense just took sucked the life out of him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it. Although, although Clay Thompson finally showed up in a game, he did. That's um, big for them. Maybe next game. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're but right, right now, Barrett's sitting pretty. Barrett said he thought Boston would go up three one in this series. Uh, Barrett nailed it. Barrett was the one Barrett's who said pretty. they win game one, and they, yes, excuse did. me, one game yeah. one. <clears throat> to his credit, here here's the thing. I thought last night, other than Steph and Clay, Clay showed up. You're right, Derek. They got nothing from anybody else. Like, no, no. where was Poole? No. Yeah. Where was Wiggins? Yeah. Where were any of these guys last night? Well, Wiggins had 18 points, but it wasn't effective. It was quiet. And right. the other thing is, for, for as much – and Draymond does a lot of stuff that helps your team, rebounds, dirty work, right, screens. Right. You know, he's a good passer. He's he's almost Matisse Thibel level now offensively, where you yes. don't even have to get near him. 
You don't need to guard him. You don't. And why is he taking threes? Oh, why is he taking? He's zero for the series in three point attempts. Mm-hmm. Why? Is, and then he fouls out. I, I I think in some regards he's more detrimental to him than than helpful because he takes some stupid fouls at the most inopportune time. Yep. And then of course now hey hey now this is what I like about finals. Now it's starting to get a little testy. Draymond's yeah. starting to get under pre- people's skin, skins. You know, he had a win at it. I believe it was uh, with Williams last night. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, somebody's going to start swinging pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got to tell you, first off, hi to everybody in the comment section, uh, but we always got to give Mrs. Brooks some love. Uh, Good afternoon, Mom. Mama Summer Brooks. Breeze. Summer Breeze. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic right there. Summer Breeze, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Summer songs. Yeah, absolutely. I, there's a lot of good. Like, like summertime definitely puts me right in the mood. Uh, you know, yeah. summer, summer breeze is, is a class. I think actually one of those guys just passed. Seals and Croft, one of them died. I mm. think he sings that song. Great, that great knowledge. Great, great knowledge about There he goes again. <laughs> he knows everything about everything. He I think be- Seals just passed away at the age of 80. Hey, hey Bear, <laughs> when you don't have any hobbies, what else do you do? You have that is a read, hobby. Come on, read, man. I got to be ready is- for you guys. I got to <laughs> know that Mrs. Brooks is going to come at me with a, with a sports uh, song or a summer song. I gotta look, be ready, man. Bear, he got he has to keep up reading internet. He has no other hobbies. He doesn't surf, right. he doesn't fish, <laughs> he doesn't hunt. You know, after I after I lather well, up in 100 SPF and put a, 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 a tent over myself and I'm in a full hazmat suit, I sit on the beach and I watch people surf. That's what I do. It's hey, but you hear though, there is a um, there's actually um another uh great white that was out in you know in in, in jersey to this, this uh, weekend oh, what? oh boy yeah some guys were out there fishing uh, and a big great white kept chasing their uh fishing had to leave oh, oh wait wait say that again say that again a great white uh, okay it wasn't a big one though it wasn't a big one though Look, i don't not, care what size i don't it care is. what size you can still take your leg off D-Gun. i don't care listen d-gun what? fishing trip is on for sunday what sunday this sunday coming you can't tell me that now man my wife back it's thursday you can't tell me that now Plus, I can't you can go bring to Trish. Bring I can't go. We got the baby Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have little Ari. We're keeping three days in a row. I can't go this weekend. Any, if she's anything like her dad, she could be on the boat fishing too. That baby is not getting on the boat. I mean, my daughter is Start not letting young, that baby man. on the Start boat. Young. Come on. You, let me tell you something. My daughter is not letting that baby on the boat. I'll tell you that you're right. right you're right. Right. She'll fight Josh over that, bro. You can't. Now, now, guarantee you call Josh. Josh will be there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you can't tell me this on a Thursday. I, I, I was just told by the captain that the weather looks good for Sunday. So I, I, I don't Look, Sunday looks good. Saturday Look, looks a little sketchy. Sunday my life, good. my life is not my own, man. Don't you understand what? <laughs> do I do? I have to remind you, Big Daddy's daycare is in full effect yes, every sir. day, all day. That's man. what that's what it's all about, though, man. That's what it's all. It about. It is. I, I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying, I I, I can't make short term plans anymore, man. I, I can't. Lock them in for next weekend, Barrett. You know what I mean? There you go. That's what I do. No, my boat just go. my boat just put in this morning. There you go. No, like so you made boat. a mistake telling me about a nine foot shark, great white chasing a boat off the Jersey Shore. No, and then he and then he fish. says the boat trips back on after he tells yeah, you that. Yeah. Oh yes. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Man, oh man. Well, Bro. hey, did, by by the way, just to, I ain't going I out there. To, not to gloss over with the NBA finals. Did you see what what Boston pulled last night? Barrett, you brought it up when we were yeah. having our chat earlier. So the the go, the rim where Golden State was warming up prior to the game was ten feet four inches. That's what? a significant. Um, I you might say you know normal height is ten feet for people who may not know. Four inches is a lot. 
Okay. I'm telling you. This is the kind of crap that Boston's been pulling for years in multiple sports. We know the Patriots and the nonsense they pulled. Okay. State of Connecticut, bro. The Celtics have been doing this forever. They used to heat up the locker room in the summer during the NBA finals back at the old Boston Guard. Like just another reason, just another reason why I hate the city of Boston. Just one of many, many reasons. Right on. Right on. Wait, wait, don't they don't they have people that officially check these things before games? Um how's it? I claim it was just, hey, a mistake happens. Oh, both teams were shooting at the same rim. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's supposed to be 10 feet, not 10 feet, four inches. Ridiculous. Somebody has to check this stuff. Well, see, Ridiculous. that's 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 exactly why Boston is 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 low down dirty scandals. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it, it is wow. unbelievable. They've they are they never trust a Boston fan. Never, ever, <laughs> ever. Don't trust a Boston fan. Don't trust any other teams. And that includes the Bruins. That includes the Red Sox. Yes. I do not trust Boston. I am an anti-Bostonite. Okay, I'm on record. You've been saying that since oh, I've known you. Hey, Rob, I'm right with you. And I'm wearing green today. I need to take the shirt off, as a matter of fact. You know, hey, that's, that's that Kelly green, right? I know. Yeah, this is not Boston. This is not Celtic green. It's a, Look, a little close. I, Rob, I'm glad. I'm right there with you. I don't like anything about Boston, the no. lifestyle of people, nothing no. about Boston. No, I'm no, not. This is, this, he has been like this since I've oh, known Rob, man. Loathe him. <laughs> I loathe Boston. I don't know what, who I hate worse, New York or Boston. It's a toss-up. I'm going to go slightly into Boston. I, yeah. I don't like New York yeah. either, but okay. and the only and Cowboys are the only ones that's you know superseded. Bro, just going to New York, man, it's, it's a it's a task, man. You got to be you got to be totally invested. You got to be mentally to ready. Yeah, <laughs> like you ready. do, man. You do. Yeah. You do. You have to be. You I can't mean, be half traffic. stepping into New York. You got to be ready to go. And you <laughs> know, I, I drive big vehicles. You can drive a big vehicle up there. You might as well just already have a two hundred dollars set aside for parking. If you're up there for a day and a half or a day, a full day. You got to set aside 200 bucks for parking if you have a pickup truck or anything big, man. Easily. No question. No, right man. on, man. Right on. There's no doubt. No, man. See, we, we do it the easy way. When we go to New York, like when family comes into town and we want to go, they want to go to New, New York. They want to go to Midtown Manhattan. They want to see, uh, the, you know, the theater district. What we do is we drive up to Weehawken, New Jersey. Mm, okay. And we'll take the ferry across. You know, it's like mm-hmm. $15 a person, right? Right, and then when you get off on the other side, they have these big buses lined up. They look like school buses, but they're like city buses, and they're all marked as to where they will drop you off. And you can get off at any point you want. Right, and then we just walk. You know, believe it or not, as big as New York is, it's a nice walk around Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, it is. Man. I admit that. Yes, yeah, you can cover a lot of ground. Bad. Yeah, you can and, cover a lot of ground. And yeah. great restaurants. One of our favorite restaurants is this Chinese place called Ali's. Great okay. Chinese restaurant. And then there's another place right there in the in the theater district called. John's Pizzeria, unbelievable brick oven pizza, and you know. So, and then if we missed it, if we missed the, the bus going back, all we do is we jump in a cab. Like it's only like five bucks from Midtown Manhattan back to the ferry dock, and then we come back across. So you save a lot of money that way. So we either walk it or we take a cab. Well, I mean, you can, we ain't yeah. paying no two hundred dollars to park in mid- Plus, trying to get around, especially if you don't know where you're going. Oh, it's brutal. It's a pain in the butt seven days a week. No doubt. The other the other move is drive from Philly or, or South Jersey, drive to Hamilton, hop the train, and the train takes you right mm. into, in, into Midtown. Right, Manhattan. you do that too. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's a nice a little move right there. Yeah. That, that's a good move. I'll tell you, we did that. Um, we I went – remember when, when – before David Letterman uh, retired, my wife got us tickets to go see him. And don't you know, who was his guest? Sylvester Stallone, my man. Rocky himself. 
Oh, he that's was, your all-time favorite. Oh, you, uh, were, I was, you were in heaven. I was in heaven, man. It was awesome. And it's a really it's cool to see all the behind the scenes stuff. Like Dave comes out and, and does like sort of a QA with the audience. He, he, there's a there's a stand stand-up comic who opens for him, and that, that guy was really funny. And they yeah. do this whole they at, at his old studio, which is the Ed Sullivan uh theater, they do this whole thing where you meet at this like little bar restaurant, they have you go in there. And then they lead you through this back way into the Ed Sullivan Theater into your seats. It's pretty cool. The whole, the whole. But I will tell you this: if you're, well, Letterman doesn't do it anymore. But it w- it was like 35 degrees in the studio. Well, he, he, he keeps it freezing. It's freezing in there. Not like somebody we know, right? Yes, yes, very My boy similar. Barkin always had to have it freezing cold. We were in the dead of winter. Yeah, and it's, it was like 58 degrees in the studios at, at, at six in the morning. Yeah, six in the morning, and in, in the summertime, it was okay. It wasn't fifty. It wasn't fifty-eight. It was sixty-three degrees <laughs> in the I, summertime. Yeah, I remember we would be in there, and we would you'd be getting no for like breakfast on broad. Yeah, yeah, for breakfast on broad, it, it was cold as hell. Like, and I remember saying it like we 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 had a, a thermostat, and Brad's not lying, man. It was in the it was in the fifties, and it was cold, and hey, we we're man. out there like literally like shit and they're like you guys don't look comfortable on the air yeah it's freezing in there <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they couldn't for the life of them figure out how to warm a studio up i'm like really hey man wh- why does barkin get to determine what the temperature is in the studio that's what i want to know bro you don't want to work with him for 20 some years hey, i used man. to fight i used to fight all the time i should tell people turn it turn it turn the thermostat up turn, turn it up <laughs> <laughs> Get that. Look how serious he got to. Look at And then all of a sudden he walk in afterwards. Why is it so warm in here? I'm like, yeah. I don't know, bro. See you later. Peace out. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Oh my God. Hey, we appreciate everybody checking in in the in the uh, comment section uh, as always. We don't care where you're from. If you're from New York, we still love you. If you're from Boston, we still love you. We're just we're just teasing. Uh, uh, hey, hey, do we have, Chris checks in from Hawaii? What's up, Chris? I just got it. Yeah, six a.m. Hey, bro, you up too early? Unless you That's got my man. fishing. That's dedication man. right there. I, I, my man, Chris. Hey, give, hey. give Chris a little love. Aloha, aloha. Hey, hey, Chris, Aloha. thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody, everybody out there. Let us know where you're watching from. We always love to know where you're watching from. Hey, guys, I got good news for you. Okay, just got confirmation. Guess who's All joining right. us? Hopefully, shortly after twelve thirty. The this? one, the one, the only, Michael Vick. Whoa. Michael Vick will be huge. joining us at twelve thirty. Like it, man! Huge, huge that's huge, awesome. Yeah, huge. so we got Mike Vick at twelve thirty. Oh, Chris, uh, that's a female. You didn't see her lifting weights? Oh, Chris, I'm sorry. Chris, Chris hey, Rob said it. Chris, I didn't say that. that Chris, was no offense. Oh, I see. I didn't. I didn't oh, look, see, at look at the picture. Yeah, you can't You're tell. Right. You can't I, tell. I, I didn't. I didn't picture. look at the. Pi- I'm not some perv. I just saw the name. Okay, I'm not checking out a picture. <laughs> Chris, Jeez. I saw it. Ah, da, da. Hey, Chris. I my my bad. My apologies, Chris. And you look like you are ripped. You would kick my butt in two seconds, Chris. I'm telling you, man. I ain't, I ain't I'm real clear about that. Hey, I, I ain't messing with. It. Yeah. So, uh, two o'clock, Hugh Douglas, guys. So hey, we had hey, a good, hey, good hey, show. Hey, hey, Butler, come on, man. You know what's he saying? He said, "Who's buried out coming on? You, 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 you sticking me, man. Don't stick and move. Don't stick and move me like that, man. How do we know that I, I Barrett forgot about it? <laughs> maybe Barrett, think maybe, yeah, maybe he's still working on things. Oh, who's, who's Barrett got coming on? <laughs> Barrett claims he has a list that he will go to when football season. Hey, we're we're, we're checking it twice. We're going yes. to find out. Yeah, who's naughty? I want to nice. see this list. Yeah, we don't know who's naughty, who's nice." Uh, oh, Chris is a personal trainer. Hi, right, Chris. I could use all the help you you have. So uh, any any, hey, Chris, any details? Chris, you what do you think? What do you think, Chris? Oh uh, no, oh no, Chris. Can you help him out, please? What do you please? think, Chris? Hey, oh, look here. Five eleven, two twenty. 
of raging fat. <laughs> <laughs> Molten <laughs> steel <laughs> and sex appeal is, is all it is. Yes. Um, all right. You guys ready for some headliners? Let's make it happen. Let's How about the Phillies, guys? Phillies, once again, t- a 10 spot. Blanked the Brew Crew last Woo! night with a touchdown and a field goal. 10 nothing, six win in a row, five straight under Rob Thompson. Break them up right now. They are on fire. You know, the, the problem is Atlanta's hot, too. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Nonetheless, Phillies are playing awesome. Aaron Nola was spectacular. They're, they're starting pitching. Game eight, man. Game yeah, Look at, look at he Rob. He, look, he's grinning like a Cheshire cat. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy about it. I, 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 I saw a twinkle in his eye. I, I told you guys, get your Artie's butt out of here, and this thing will change, and here we go. <laughs> look at Rob, Rob, Rob getting everybody fired, man. I, 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 you know, hey, look. Hey, but, no, they're playing really well. They're getting contributions all over the place. Bryson Stott, big again. Schwarber, big again. Of course, Harper. Here, yeah, Let me ask you guys this. There's a theory out there with Harper that he can't win the MVP because he's a DH. I, I, and, and, and like I get it to an extent. You should. Yeah, I do too. I prefer my my MVP also play in the field too. It's not like this guy is just not playing in the field because he's a bad fielder or something like that. He's doing because he's hurt. Well, his numbers are unbelievable. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong. MVP man, define yeah. MVP. I you thought know, MVP was based player. on numbers. I thought it was based on the numbers. The what he brings number. to the team. It should. Well, put it to you this way: if he's not, a, if if this is last year and there's no DH and he's not playing. This team is buried. Yes. It wouldn't have mattered if you fired Girardi or not. Right. Like, well, so that's yeah. a pretty valuable player to me. Right. You, know, exactly. you take him out of the equation, right? If he's out, I mean, there's no question. I mean, that's, we're talking about 15 games that he won by himself. You know what I yep. mean? Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's you know, it, say what you want to say. Uh, you you got you to gotta put him as the MVP, man. He's the MVP to this team right now, period point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No question about it. Uh, so they keep winning. Uh, they play at two o'clock today. We'll get into them a little bit later. <laughs> Excuse me, at one o'clock. We mentioned uh, Celtics go up two one in the Warriors, so they're taking care of business there. Game four is tomorrow. I would expect. You know the one thing coming out of that. I don't know if you guys saw this. So there was a chant like bleep Draymond Green at one point from the uh, from the Boston crowd. You know, real like, classy. Well, no, it's yeah, it's totally classless. I agree. But like every warrior's complaining about, like you just gotta. As much as that stuff's distasteful, you gotta just suck it up and play. I mean, you can't yeah. be complaining about right, it. So, right, right. I'm gonna be interested to see who steps up for them because I, you know, Clay and Steph were were the lone, you, you know, guys who really showed up big for them uh, last night. That's for sure. Still no Flyers coach. Apparently, guys, they haven't even gone on to the second round of interviews yet with with certain candidates that they like. I, you know, I think I really think they have who they need, who who they want, and what it is, he's, he's either he's either somebody in the organization right now that's still competing, or somebody's broadcasting these games. One of the hmm. two. All right, that's interesting. I, yeah, I look, I don't discount anything, Barrett. Like that very well could be the case for sure. Um, but it does feel like it's taken a long time. But if you're going to get it right, I'm okay with that. I've said that all along. I don't or, mind. Or there's another theory. It could, it could be somebody in a foreign country who they're still waiting to get a visa to America who doesn't know what he's about to get into, doesn't know much about flyers. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to walk into a fire with gasoline yeah. draws on. Stay wherever you are, man. <laughs> it might sound like a good idea in theory, but stay wherever you are. Oh, you don't man. want any parts of this. Yeah. Hey, look. Hey, hey look. Only, only somebody who knows nothing about this organization would take this job right now. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, man. It, it is well, scary. you can't get any lower. So, 
I mean, it from that perspective, you know, you can't you can't be as worse as they were. Oh, you can't be. No, it's, you're right. You can only go. There's, there's only room to go up at this point. Right, right. So you have right. the Lightning and the Rangers tonight. That is uh, that's been a heck of a series, guys. Yeah. It's two two right now. Game five back in New York, uh, and the winner of that plays the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final. I, that, this one's been fun. Even if you're not a big hockey fan, I would just tell you flip over to it a little bit if you if you you know just don't have a whole lot going on tonight, um, and just take a look at it. It, it. It's been a it's a really intense series, and you know, if you're if the Flyers are killing you, basically it just you know, just bleeding you to death slowly, as bad as they've been. Flip over and watch that because it is fun hockey. As much as it stinks that it's the Rangers, it they're fun. The Lightning and the Rangers are fun to watch, man. So I, I would just tell people to watch, take a look. That's a that's a brutal series too, yeah. man. That's that's one of those brass knuckle type series. Yep. Hatfields versus the McCoys. I love watching hockey like that, man. Yeah. <laughs> and every shift counts. I mean, I oh, that's, my goodness. sounds like a cliche, but it's like every shift is the end all be all. And that's when you know it's 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 ratcheted up a couple notches. So oh. yeah, that's still going on. Yeah, as far as we we've talked a lot about this this week, guys. Um is, is the uh the LIV versus the PGA. And as expected. Uh, the LIV or the, the PGA folks have suspended anybody who's involved in this LIV. That's the Saudi back. Like like 17 players, right? Yeah. Like big, big boys too. Like big yeah. names, oh, yeah. right? You know, among them, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, just to name a few, there's a lot more uh, involved in that. It's so it's Sergio Garcia. I'm going to give you the, the highlight names, Sergio Garcia, Dustin Johnson, uh, Graham McDowell, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na. Uh, Louis Oostenhosen, easy for me to say, Char Schwarzel, <laughs> uh, Lee Westwood. Uh, they've all informed the PGA Tour that they had resigned their membership. So they're the guys who were suspended. I, I only gave you a few, but there's 17, like Gunnar said. You, you know what's going to happen, right? The, the PGA is going to tick off a lot. I mean, let's face it. The golfers are a close-knit fraternity. They're going to tick off a lot of golfers, which is going to force a lot of golfers to, to go to the other side. You know, it's going to leave the PGA with embarrassment, egg on their face. They keep pulling this stuff. I mean, before you take the stance, I would call a, call a meeting of the decision makers and say, okay, let's strategize here. No, they just flat out come out. You're suspended. You're suspended. You're suspended. <laughs> well, did you not read the comments from the players that have said, we can make more money playing in less tournaments and be home with our families more? Now, you don't think that's going to resonate with other golfers as well? Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's gonna, this is going to be this is going to have a, a backlash on the PGA if they keep taking this old school, old world mentality stance against the golfers. Yeah, I wonder, you know, and I don't think it'll happen overnight because right now everybody's digging in, right, both sides. But eventually, if more guys like you said, Derek, start, uh, you know, defecting, if you, for lack of a better word, yeah, to this, and and it continues to be the heavy hitter kind of guys, um, that's when. You know, money talks. That's when things are going to change. That's it. That's the big thing. Money talks. So, I mean, if, if you don't like what they're doing, up your ante. Go out there and pay more money. You have yes. the money. It ain't like yes. you ain't got it. Well, you got it. You're right, Barrett. And they had a monopoly on it for a long time yes. with the PGA, yes. man. And these guys finally – some. and look, they, that LIV is crazy coin. But that's you know that's going to be kind of a game changer here uh, for sure in the, uh, in the game of golf, in the golf world, if you will. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to grab a quick timeout because we want to be back on time to talk with Michael Vick. They had so much ground to cover with Michael from the entire career, the comeback, the years here with the Eagles, what he's doing now, including his work with uh, Fox Sports on, yep. on, on Sundays on their coverage. 
but so so much ground to cover. You know, I wonder. There's been so much turnover. I'll ask him. I'll ask him this when we when we get back. But there's been so much turnover in the the broadcasting booth over the last year or so. Yeah. I wonder if he's a candidate for any of these to, to be a color analyst for any of these. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder about that. So we'll we'll dig into that too. But a lot of ground to cover with Michael Vick. We'll ask him certainly about Jalen Hurts. And, and just how long – I saw some good questions in the comment section. How long it took him to, to really get comfortable reading defenses and get acclimated to the league and all those kind of things. So we will dive into all that when we get back, that's for sure. So don't go anywhere. Michael Vick coming up next, 2 o'clock, Hugh Douglas. We'll dive into more Eagles, more Phillies. Got a lot more in store for you. Don't go anywhere. And, and I got a great moment also for us on this day, June 9th in history. Don't forget Ooh. about that. Oh, okay. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about Station Tap Catering in Drexel Hill because they will handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing a new opportunity for your company. They got 50 years of experience in food preparation. Station Tap Catering will impress and your guests will be impressed. I was one of those guests. I was impressed. The food is unbelievable. The service is unbelievable. They had it here right on time for the gathering that I had. And not only was the food great, the menu is – there's so much variety on the menu. It's unbelievable. But this time of year, you have a, a, a get-together, you have a tailgate, you have a graduation, whatever the case may be, or you want to have a little team banquet and you want to go to a beautiful banquet hall, Station Tap Catering is your place. Give them a call, 484-469-3222. That's 484-469-3222. Or you go to StationTapCatering.com. That's StationTapCatering.com. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that Trust the people at Action News.
All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports take on this Thursday, June 9th. June 9th, how about that? Unbelievable. Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Again, go to jacobsports.com, by the way, guys, and check out the, the amazing amount of content, in particular the Eagles content uh, that we are pumping out. Uh, John McMullen doing a great job with that. You can also link up to our show and go back and watch our old shows and old interviews that we did, all those kind of things. Um each and every day, you can check it out. I, I'm on there every morning uh, as I'm as I'm reading up on things uh, for the show and whatnot, and it's really, really good, really entertaining. So Michael Vick will be joining us uh, shortly. We're working on some uh, some technical things, as they say. We're efforting. That's what they say in the business. We're efforting Michael Vick. Yes, I never knew what that what that totally meant, but anyway, I agree with Coach <laughs> Marcus. Uh, smash that like button, and we appreciate that. Uh, Coach Marcus always good checking, and we talked to him last week. In fact, he's a, a great dude. Great dude. Uh, played for the birds back in the day as well. So <clears throat> Michael Vick's going to be joining us. You know, his, his time here with the Eagles was not super long. He was here from 09 to 13. Um, but you talk about memorable for a lot of different reasons. But the the one game that stands out, and there's a lot of performances. I, I mean, you guys will talk to him about this. But th- there's I will say there's two in particular. One is the first game of the Chip Kelly era in Washington. Remember the Monday night game, guys, yep. w- which was just like a video game? Okay. Yeah, for the first half, though. You're right. People forget that, Barrett. Washington almost came back and won that game. Yeah. You know, so there were, but, but just what the offense looked like in the beginning of that game was insane. So that's one. And then the other one for me is the giant comeback in, in 2010. Of course, which ends in Deshaun taking the punt to the house. Um, oh, my goodness. It's, I mean, but people forget how great Vic was in that comeback. They were down 21 to start the fourth. Yeah. yeah. People people forget a lot of times, too, Vic had a laser for an arm. Oh, yes, God. he did. Yes, and, he did. And, and, I, and not to, not to toot my own horn, but he was left-handed also. Oh, here so we go. Just, what does I'm that have saying. to do with you? How does well, that affect? Because le- left-handed people are the only people in their right minds. How many times Red are I going to tell you this? It's Farvey's left-handed too, right? No, but no. Farvey was right-handed, man. You know, he wasn't in his right mind. Left-handed right, people right, in the, their right mind. Top of our head, <laughs> how, how many great left-handed quarterbacks have there been? Oh my uh, goodness! Uh, let's see. There was uh, Stabler. Douglas was decent from Chicago back in the day. Um, Bobby Douglas. Okay. Uh, Stabler. Not many. Not I'm many not saying he was great. Boomer Esiason was a good left-handed quarterback. Good. Yeah, but not not many. Jim great. Zorn. Remember him back in the day. Oh, Steve Zorn. Young. Coach Steve Young. Young. Steve Young's a Hall That's right, Steve. Yep, Steve Young. Yep. I'm trying to think of some other – I'm uh, other than Steve Young and Stabler, 
Did Bobby Douglas win a championship back in the day, Gunner? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. Not think a so. lot have won championships. Uh, Mark Brunel, that's good. Brunel you know, was good. Yeah, G good, Meta, good, G good, Meta, good, good job, catch. G. That's a good yeah. one, Mark. I like Brunel. I like this game. Not a not a ton here. No, man. You know they. Uh, you know, just like society, they try to keep left-handers out of uh, society. <laughs> I mean, if you go back back yeah, in the guys day, are evil, man. These guys are evil. Theory. Hey, look, yeah. go back in the day. I, I can't tell how many stories I heard about back, like in the forties and fifties. If you went to Catholic school and you were writing left-handed, like those nuns would try to take the pencil out of your hand and force you to write right-handed, man. Yeah, it, what? Yeah, man. Yeah, so, man, we, I, all right. We were like, we were like uh, anti-social, anti-American, being left-handed. Well, I used to. So you know that they they were really big on like proper penmanship and you know, cursive and all. Oh that. yeah. And the, and the correct way to hold a pen, you know, is kind of like this, right, guys? So I always held my pen and pencils like this. What? Do you see that? <laughs> like a weirdo. And I still I do to never this seen day. a mess like that. I still do to this day. And they did not like that, man. That did not go over well with the nuns. So anyway, I still have the scars to prove it. But uh, yeah, as far as, <laughs> as, far as the uh, lefties go, yeah, Michael, I would say other than Steve Young, well, I'd Stabler. Stabler's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Stabler. I, is Vic number three in terms of lefties? I would think so. I don't know, man. Modern, more modernish era, like go last 40 years, 50 years? I think so. Wow. Am wow. I missing? Am I, is there somebody obvious I'm missing here? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. All right, anyway. So we'll, we'll talk to him, uh, you know, momentarily. Barry, yeah. give me real, real quick, before before we get Michael up. We, we talked to you yesterday from, from OTAs. I, I want to show and Xander. We have the picture of Barrett with his uh, his fellow uh, fraternity brothers. I thought this was a really cool picture, Barrett, uh, of you guys. Um, and explain what the frat is and, and and you know what what this gathering and, and what the whole thing is about. So it's, it's first off, lay out everybody who's there. So for oh, you got you got Mister Immortal. I mean, look, Irvin Fry. Look at Irvin Fry, man. Look at his guns. He looked like he can still play right now. So Irvin Fryer is my fraternity brother. Irving, Irving's on the far. Irving's on the far right. With the, uh, the fraternity, he, yeah, he's got yep. a mega sign on his chest. Then you yep. got Jalen Hurts, who's a he just he's a new in the fraternity. You also have Nicole B. Dean. He's also a young guy in the fraternity. And then myself, um, I've been in the frat what twenty something years. Um, Irv's like thirty something years, and these two have been in for like two or three years. Okay, and, you know, just you know, us getting together and uh, you know, just 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 showing off for our fraternity, Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, you know, 1911. All right, stupid question for me. I know this is probably a stupid question. How, how do you guys? How did I guess you've already talked to Irving about this? How did you know N'Kobe Dean and, and Jalen were? Oh, we we, we do our you know we we throw up a hook. We call it throwing up the hooks. Yeah, but we how did you that, know you that know? those guys were like? Because um, I, I've seen him do it before. Okay. N'Kobe Dean always did it. Jalen, I remember when he first crossed over and um, he started doing it. And then, you know, I played with Irvin, you know, and I, and I told, I, I was telling, uh, I was actually telling, um, you know, Slay, you know, yesterday in practice, after practice, you know, they came over and talked to us and Slay came over and he was talking to Irvin and uh, Slay was like, uh, yeah, man, I heard a lot about you. He said, yeah. He said, man, look like you still play. He said, nah, I might give you about six plays. So at least they oh, oh, well, you wouldn't be able to score against me. Now, this is Slade talking to Irvin Fryer, well, well, who, who is 59 years old, mind you. Is, there, Irvin, is he that old? Holy he's God. 59. Jeez, man. So Irv turns around and says, well, hey, as long as we're in the red zone, I can definitely give you six plays. 
So those two are going back and forth. Slayer talking talking stuff to uh, uh, Fry Guy, Fry Guy talking stuff to him. That's, that's great. just to show how competitive Slay is, and that's kind of what's going on with this Eagles team. It's right. a very competitive team. You know, at the last the last uh, drill they did last yesterday, well, the second to last, they did uh, but they did uh, seven on seven, and it was it was it was defense against offense, and Sirianni stopped everything and made it competitive. All right. I need you guys on the defensive side of the ball. Talk stuff to the office. Offensive side of the ball. I want you to score them every time you can. And that's how that was the last that the team as a you know as a whole yeah. got together with this seven on seven and talking about competitive. Oh my goodness! Hey, Unbelievable man. how competitive they were. You know, going back to what you said about the the frats, um, I gave frats a shot for about thirty seconds. <laughs> See, I was about to I was trying about going to try to pledge alpha. You know, because a lot of my friends were pledging Alpha on college right. campus. I get a call like two thirty in the morning one morning. Uh, this is Big Brother so and so. I need you to go get me some food. I said, who, <laughs> I said, who is this? I hung up the phone, went back to sleep, never went back to another Alpha. That was it. That was <laughs> it, bro. I'm sure you pledge. Yeah, pledge. You don't pledge now, but back in the day, you pledged. When I was yeah. when I was in college. Yeah. You had to pledge, man. And they it, do it was stupid stuff. Uh, man. Hey, guess who's ready? It's, our our, it's our not man. Stupid, man. They, they, All right, look, let's they, let's table up, the frat talk. We'll talk frats right. later. What's Mike Mike? Oh, Mike oh. looking good, man. Fresh look off the golf course. What's up, MV? How you doing? I'm good, man. Fresh off the golf course, like you said. How you hit him, man? How you <laughs> how hit him? Yeah, how the How we how we do today? I, I shot 81. The greens was aerated, so you know that's always a shock when you walk up to a course Ooh. or when somebody invites you to play. Yeah. You get to the, the the greens on the first hole, and they aerated. I just wanted to turn around and leave, but I made the most out of it. <laughs> 81's still pretty good, man. I think we'd all give our, our, our left yeah, arm to shoot an 81. A couple of those bogeys should have been paused, man. It was yeah. like not either not checking or rolling out. Yeah. I got Mike, just... Mike, how many days a week do you go? Um, This is my first time playing since last week. Last wow. week I had the pleasure of playing Oakmont. Ooh. Um, Ooh. and then I played in a good friend of mine's uh, golf tournament, and then so I, I, you know, being out here in Florida, it's really hot this time of the year. So yeah. I'm gonna try to start playing twice a week, get back out there. You know, it's like once a week, but to be able to not play in a week and shoot 81 is is uh is very. That's yeah. That's quarterbacks for you, man. Quarterback. Wow. All quarterbacks can play, man. I, I played with Ty Detmer, as skinny and as little as Ty was, he could drive it a country mile, man. Yeah, a country okay. mile. What's your what's your be, what's the best you ever shot, Mike? What, what's your what's your best score ever? Oh, we, we got you, Mike. In years. Uh oh, hi. Uh oh, got you. We lost audio. Oh, we lost. All right, Xander, we'll get him straightened out there. Yeah, I think it, the shot looked good. I don't know, it was just maybe a little audio issue real quick there. We'll, we'll get it straightened out, man. Eighty. He said he's mad at himself. He shot an eighty-one, dude. If I shot an eighty-one, you guys would never hear the end of it. Like that would be all. I shoot eighty one on the first hole. Exactly, man. Bro, if I ever shot an eighty one, that'd be my last time playing. Me too. I would never play after yeah, that. It would, I would just yeah. walk off. It would be a walk right. off. Yeah. I'd drop Mike. Yeah, yeah, man. I, 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 you know what? That's why I don't golf. It's too frustrating. Mm-hmm. All right, so Xander, we got him back. I don't see him. You, I got a ready signal. I'm. I don't think so. All right. Anyway, so um, right. we'll have him up. We'll have him up shortly. We're, we're we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Um. So, all right, get, finish your frat story. So, the guy you called up wanted, wanted you yeah, to man. food, and you were like, Yeah, later. man. I'm like, hold on, man. Like, hey, later days for that. You see, D-Gun, you got to remember, D-Gun was more of a rebel back then than he is now. 
I was anti <laughs> anything that was establishment. I was anti-establishment, man. I'm like, I can get up doing no mess like that, man. You know, no, no. See, my mother, my mother was an AKA. You know, she, when she went to college, she was she was a, you know, Alpha Alpha Kappa Alpha. And uh, I mean, she had discipline, Derek. Yes, she did, and she we had discipline in my house. But when D Gun <laughs> got to college. D-Gun went straight rebel in college. It was on. It was right on now. once again. All right, you she know what could, else is on? She couldn't touch me. She couldn't we, touch we, me there. I think we got Mike back. All right, Mike, we got you, man. Sorry yeah. for the little uh, hit. My bad. Uh, no, I'm I, sorry, bro. Last thing I hit you with, what's the best you ever shot? You said it was an 81 today. What's your best uh, score? I, I shot 72. I shot even par, I shot even par one day. Woo. Wow. Okay. See, that's why I dropped the club and walk off the course for the rest of my life. I ain't golfing again. <laughs> I ain't never golfing again. Hey, all the hard work, all those years, finally paid off. I tell you what, a- Andy Reid called me one year, and uh, every time he called me, well, in like 2011, and every time he called me, like in the offseason, I was on the golf course. He was like, dude, what you want to be, a professional quarterback or a professional golf <laughs> <laughs> like, Sounds like, to sounds like the 90. Yeah. Trying to break 90. That's, that's awesome, hey, man. Hey, he hey, understood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Mike, so – we saw you the other day uh, announce something uh, on Twitter uh, that you are now a partner and head of athlete development uh, with the Levels Sports Group, and you're helping a lot of these elite college athletes uh, make this transition into this NIL now, which is unbelievable. Uh, two, two questions in one. First of all, what made you decide to join the group? And number two, what, what service are you planning on providing in particular? Yeah, I decided to join a group. Um, we, we spent countless hours just going back and forth trying to figure out, I know with my team and my wife and I and, and on our side, like what, you know, what does this really mean and, and what type of space are we in, entering into? And we just wanted to do it for the right reasons. And, you know, I got more out of it, the mentorship part of it, being connected mm-hmm. to a lot of these young, up-and-coming, talented athletes, male and female, and, you know, they – they, it's a different realm. It's totally different mm-hmm. than how we came up. So now I kind of looked at it like to be able to have that connectivity and uh, to, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, learn what, um, you know, the college football world really entails and, and how these kids are. Love it. And to be able to work with them and help make them better mentally and physically, I thought that was something that I could provide. Um, and, you know, I, well, what I hope to provide is, you know, I bring a lot of opportunity to the table, too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm branded, you know, with a lot of different brands, and I have a, a lot of relationships and a lot of people that, that I feel like we could get together and probably make some things work for a lot of these kids in terms of um, how successful they can be, you know, away from the game at a very young age. And, uh, you know, that's paramount to be able to go through yep. this phase in life, you know, 20 years later from when I was recruited and when I went to Virginia Tech, and we didn't have these type of opportunities. Now you have that, but you need people to help it make it grow. Mm. No question, man. You're going from, you know, when we were in college, you couldn't get paid. You didn't have anything. Man, a lot of time, a lot of us couldn't even um a lot of us couldn't even take a girl out on a date or even afford to, you know, buy stuff, you know, food for your apartment and everything. Now these guys are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, man, as college athletes, man. What do you think is the biggest transition for these kids going into these situations? Because they're going from nothing, you know, you know, from these, you know, success stories of, you know, not having anything to now basically, you know, having a bank account that they can really help their families out, help others around them. 
Uh-oh. Well, we lost we lost him real quick. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll pick that right back up, Barrett, when we get him up. Uh, I, I I think it might be – tell me, it seems like he, he's getting calls or, like, texted. We're, we're losing him for a second, but I think we got him back. Mike, we got you back. Can you hear us? No, not yet. All right. All right. Xander, just give me a heads up when, when we got him. We got Mike back up. I don't know what's, what's going on. I think it's – I wonder, you know, Barrett, my follow-up was going to be after what you, your question was to him as far as that goes. Like, what do you think he would have earned when he was at Vontech? Oh, my God. I mean, you see, these guys are making six figures now. Well, he'd have been a mill easy. He'd have been easy. a seven digits easy. Right? I mean, both – I think he – I think he redshirted and then he played two years and then he and then he went to the NFL. Those two years, man, that he right. played. <laughs> forget wow. it. Forget it. It would have been. I insane. mean, that's you wow. know, with me, even me, me being at Kansas State, um, you know, I there wasn't much that came out of Kansas State at the time. Right. So when I came when I was coming out, I was like the hot athlete coming out. And I was an offensive lineman. You know, we really didn't have anybody. And right. I can only imagine, you know, what 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 there's know, Mike. Like, Mike, can you hear us, man? Yeah, are y'all are y'all catching anything that I'm saying? We're we hear yeah, everything. We you can hear you. You yeah. just don't. I don't think you hear us. But Bar- Barrett's question, Barrett, just pick up where you were with Mike back from the college days. Well, I'm saying, man, you know, back when we were in college, we didn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. You know, so <laughs> we couldn't take a girl out on a date or anything because we didn't have the money. And and you know, definitely back home, a lot of these guys come from these you know success stories of not having anything, getting to college. But now you have these NIL deals where you're making hundred thousand dollars. You can help your family back home. You you can go and take a girl out on a date. You can have food in your refrigerator. What's the biggest transition for these new athletes going into these type of situations? Yeah, I just think it, it just gives you a chance to decompress. You can really relax and right. enjoy the college experience. Like you said, I, I, I mean, calling back home, it, it was turmoil back home for me. Right, and me too. Even though, you know, I went to college to, you know, try to give myself a uh, opportunity to play on the next level you know it's all about education as well and um you know i just was like man look if if there's a way where i can just do this and, and make this beneficial for us right now you know mm-hmm. i mean th- that's what's going to be most important and you know to be able to, call, to have the call back home and, and deal with all the things that was going on back home and then try to focus on making the next level if i'd have focused on trying to make it to the nfl Every game, I would have, man, I, I would have lost my life. It was so much pressure mm. as it is to just get through that part of, you know, what we was trying to endure, you know, and that's be the best college players we could be. Man, just being in that space now, it's just kids can relax, man, and enjoy the college experience and even take care of the the, the, the their peers around them because everybody's not going to get NIL deals. Everybody's not going to be right. in a position where they, you know, but at least you can – you know, maybe help out some people around you and start your life off with, get your life started on the right track and, you know, save some money financially, learn how to save your money. And, you know, financial literacy becomes a big part of this too. Right. You know, right. About it, you know, and, uh, you know, guys can, you know, under, young men and women can understand what it takes to transition into, you know, the NFL or, you know, the NBA and be able to manage their money and do it properly and understand what it takes to just be successful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mike, you still got us? Mike, can you hear us? Mike? I don't think you can hear us. Yeah, I see if you can. Yeah, all right. Uh, 
<laughs> Xander, we'll see if we can get that straight. It's, it's killing me, man. I, I, there's so much to ask him. There's so many things to dive into, man. I can't wait to talk about the Eagles days with him. I don't know if he can, Xander, let me know when he's back up. Just just give me a give me a uh, a private chat message when we're, when Mike's ready. Uh, we're still working on it. We're working on it. All right, so we'll we'll get it straightened out uh, with Michael. That's for sure. But yeah, you know that's the interesting thing too. If you think about, um, not only is it the kid can just relax, do schoolwork, and do go to uh, guys and girls. Let me be clear about that. But and, and work on their sport. But maybe you know, like, hey, let me let me throw a bone back home here because right. that are really struggling too. So that's that's obviously critical too. That part, yep. no, there's no doubt about that. Wow. You know yeah. the other the other argument on this is what about the the academic scholar who who's who doesn't get an opportunity to get their entire college paid for and they have to pay out of pocket or take student loans. Now we understand athletes bring a lot of money. When you go to big time programs, football itself covers a lot of the sports programs. You know, and you're saying, well, yeah, but they're getting they're getting to go to school for free as it is. What about us who've blood, you know, blood, sweat, and tears to be high academic standards and we have to pay out of pocket? Right. So there has to be a balance somewhere. Well, I mean, because, still though, no, 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 no. I mean, you just still got a high academic style, um, um, you know, st- high academic scholarship attainment by these athletes, also, you know. So that's one thing that I, you know, I, I don't like when people say, I love the fact that I was a student athlete. My mom didn't play. She was like, "Yo, you're gonna get the grade. You're gonna have a college education. You're gonna get that." So it's not just you know paying for college. Yeah, that they paid for college, but what we brought into that college. There's no comparison how much money I made for Kansas State University. I didn't get anything, you know, but you know, I, I don't I don't I don't disagree with you at all. I agree with mm-hmm. you hundred percent. But Barrett, there are a lot of athletes. I mean, let's be honest here. There are a lot of athletes who get in school more so on their athletic prowess, more so than on their academic prowess. There oh, no are exceptions, there's exceptions made for them to slip in the back door. And mm-hmm. how many stories have we heard through the decades? that they take special courses, you know what yes. I'm saying? Okay. Absolutely. Just to stay active. Okay. So you're right. There are the athletes who take their grades seriously, but there's also the athletes who would not get into these certain schools if it wasn't for their athletic ability. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying the argument is out there also that those who have blood, sweat, and tear academically across the board four years of high school, but they may not have had the grades to get the entire college paid for, and then they got to the mommy and daddy can't afford it. They got to take out astronomical. They said the average college student right now is a hundred to one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. One twenty. One twenty. I'm li- I'm living it, man. That's a house <laughs> right. mortgage. I, I'm in the middle. That's a of mortgage. It. You know what yep. I'm saying? So you know there has to be a better balance. We understand. There's no question when you talk about program Florida State, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan, so on and so forth. There's a big time programs, big time TV contracts, big time money stadium sold out all the time. There's no question athletes bring in millions of dollars, but there has to be a better balance between the academic scholar and the athletic uh, athletic uh, uh, athlete that excels for sports more so than the academics. But see, the only thing is you can't work as a scholar athlete. You can't work a job. You're not allowed to work a job. I get that, but you know why they're saying that? Because they're getting, let's say a big-time college, what does it cost you nowadays? A couple hundred thousand dollars? Right. So they're getting a couple hundred thousand dollars to go to school for free. You're right. It's not putting money in their pocket, 
but it's not like they're not getting something out of this. They're getting a two hundred thousand dollar education, and I hate to say this, but let's face it: most athletes, most most athletes who have the ability to go to the pros, whatever it is—baseball, football, basketball—they didn't finish college. They, you know, the other side is they're trying to get their degree so they can get a good job. But see, then I then I say this then. The NFL needs to stop with this. They need to go for three years of school in order for them to make it to the NFL because most of these guys you're saying would yeah. not go to college. They right. would go straight to the NFL. Right. But they can't do that, so they have right. to use this vehicle to do it. It's it's so hard, man, because I've been a part of a situation where I was eating hamburger helper with no hamburger. Oodles oh. and noodles. I can remember, man, I can remember being on, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays was a great day because Tuesdays I could go to McDonald's and get cheese, I mean, uh, not cheeseburgers, but regular hamburgers yeah. for 30 cents a hamburger. And I would yeah. go buy yeah. $5 worth of burgers and I would eat those, you know, for the most part of the week, you know what I'm saying? And put cheese on, slices of cheese we got from Aldi's, you know, to make cheeseburgers. You know, it, man, life as a college yeah. athlete, man, I mean, life as a, as a student, period, in college is hard. But it's 10 times as hard for an athlete Who's what? Like for instance, I had a guy, you know, Quincy Griffiths. He's now a doctor. He's going to school, playing football. Had the ability to be talented enough to make it to the NFL, but he was told he couldn't. Um, he he couldn't continue to be to to, to go on pre med and take classes that were during the school school year. So he's like, you know what? Forget this scholarship. I'm going to go ahead and, and take out a loan and pay for school because the team told him he could not right, right. miss these classes. Right. And he took out a loan, but he still played football. And he was paying for it himself. And then they stopped playing him also. He was good enough to make it to that second level, mm. I mean, uh, the next level in the NFL. But he wanted to be a doctor so bad. He's now a doctor making buku money now. You know what I'm saying? So, But, you know, that's to me – that's why I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for for people saying, "All right, you know, you know, you getting a free scholarship." No, it's not free. Gotcha. There's nothing free about a scholarship. I, I think we got Mike back up. Let, let's okay. hope the uh, third time's charm. Mike, you got us, man. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, good. Yeah. good. Well, let me let me let me jump in and and first of all, good luck with everything you're doing, man. With the, with the NIL stuff, that's awesome, man. Cool. And and love that you're giving back to to the young kids. Um, <laughs> I got to ask you about your Eagles years, man. And I know it holds a special place for you, not only because it was a, a second chance, but also your wife's from the area too. But just give me your memories of the, the 09 to 13 years of your NFL career here when you were wearing uh, midnight green. It was just super exciting, man. And I tell you what, all I ever wanted to do was play well for the team, play well for the fans. I felt like they deserved it more than anything. And at the time it was, about Philly getting a championship. And we wanted to bring that to the city. We felt like if we had the right group and, you know, the right players, then we can accomplish that. All we had to do was listen to the coaches and believe in and what they were selling us. And we did, and we gave it our best shot. Um, but it was all about the fan base, man. Just being in Atlanta and facing Philadelphia a couple of years and losing uh, on both occasions uh, when it mattered the most in the playoffs, and knowing how the fan base really gravitated to the team, I, I knew it was a special place. It was a place I hated to come to to play because it was tough, but it was nothing like being there and uh, having the chance to, to put on that, uh, you know, out the gate for me to Kelly Green. Mm. We didn't bring it back, but that's how that's yeah. when it all started in 2010 versus Aaron yeah. Rodgers when they yep. yeah. you know, took it all that year. So 
Well, from that point on, man, I just looked at the players around me and just felt really good about our chances each and every week. And it was just always excited to put that uniform on. So, Mike, I have to ask you this because you know what it's like to play in front of this fan base and how critical can they can be. They love you one minute, they turn on you the next minute. So we have a situation here that's been very controversial for a while. Young Jalen Hurts, 24 years old, mature far beyond his years. And there are a lot of skeptics out there whether or not he's a legit NFL quarterback. Now, he's handled all the pressure you can possibly handle as well as you can handle it. What advice would you give to him in terms of how to handle the media here, how to stay focused and just worry about your football game and, and, and drown out the outside noise? I think Jalen's done a great job of that. I mean, when I look at the overall scope of the landscape of what he's been through the last, you know, two years. Yeah. I mean, the first year we all know that it was a pandemic. It was the pandemic and we, nobody got good reps at anything, you know. Yeah. And then um, the next year, I, I feel like he took a step in year two, which is, is supposed to be evident. You're supposed to go into year three, like with optimism. I, I feel like, Everybody's going into year three feeling real, real good about where the Philadelphia Eagles are. I know I am. I know when I think about mm -hmm. this, how I know it's right. When I think about the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think about us not having a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And like you think of some teams, are, oh man, you got how the quarterback gonna play? I'm not worried about that. You know, you bring in a, a guy like AJ Brown. Yeah. And and then you you got. Um, I forget the kid's name. Devontae yeah. Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yep. You got two burners, and then I think he's kind of growing into his own. But you grow into your own as your team grow, as yep. the guys around you grow, and you're only as good as the man next to you. Mm -hmm. and, and so I, I think you know Jalen has to look at it. I just got to do my part, and I think you know you can go back and watch the film last year and feed off all the positives and just bring that into 2022. Mm. Well, Jay, when when did the game slow down for you? You know what I'm saying? Because Jalen at this point, I think it's starting to slow down. When did it really slow down that you figured out, all right, I'm the best player on the field right now. All I got to do is go out there and perform. Uh, year two. Year two, yeah, okay. slow down and, you know, going into year two, I, I was able to play um, like the last two weeks of the season of my rookie year and then I spot played. And, and, and so when I look at, you know, Jalen and just his – transformation, you know, he's had a chance, he had a chance to play that first year and, and going into that second year, you like, you know, if you just put some time into it, put a lot of time into it and uh, just relax and go play ball, like you said, everything just kind of happens. And I, it's, it's about trust playing the quarterback position too. You got to trust yourself. You got to trust the coach. You got to trust the play call. You got to trust the offensive line and, you know, as a quarterback, it's, it's, it's never easy, but that's why they get paid all the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the truth. It's the, reason, it's the reason we got paid all the money. <laughs> Mike, I, I brought up two games in particular with the Eagles that, for, for you that stand out. The, the one was the first Chip Kelly game, and the other one was the 2010 comeback in New York, the Giants game, which ends with Deshaun. But the just the, the unbelievable – you guys are down 21 in the fourth. Yeah. Kind of walk me through those two games and, and just what your memories are of them because we certainly in this city, man, they're two that we will always remember. Yeah, well, the, the Washington game, um, Monday night game, it, it was hyped up a lot. And uh, it was a lot of things that occurred that had everybody kind of like, you know, this got to go right for us and not them. 
uh, Deshaun Jackson and Landry getting the altercation before the game. And I think for me, um, it was them giving Donovan a contract right before the game. If you were, if you can recall, right? That's before, right. Oh yeah. yeah before the kickoff, he got like a huge deal, and it was like, yep. I, you know, I was kind of on the grind at, at that time, and. You know, I just got the spot and was coming back from injury. So it was like, you know, it was, it didn't feel like a smack in the face. It's like uh, that could have waited till Monday. Mm. Or, or no, that was well, it was Monday. It could have waited till Tuesday. Or could they could have did it a, a couple of days before. So that was where my motivation came from. And you got to pull it from somewhere. And and, yeah. I, and I pulled it. You know, I pulled it from uh, you know, just that announcement. And so and so I was super motivated, and I never forget I was laying down. Um, when the news broke, I was laying down kind of halfway asleep and, and not wanting to fall deep into a deep sleep because I knew the buses was going to be leaving in like an hour. So I was just trying to catch me a little 30 minute nap to just ease my mind. And uh, I heard that and I was like, oh, that's not good. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> I'm going crazy tonight. I'm going absolute crazy tonight and I'm going to be focused. And, uh, that's just what it was. And then another thing, my, my grandmother, I always tell the story, was the biggest, you know, Washington uh, Commanders fan yeah. um, at the time, I mean, for my entire life. And that's all we watched on Sundays. And, you know, she was a Broncos fan, so we, we sent a lot of airways. She was always trying to catch airway when she could. Um, it was never really televised in Virginia. But, yeah, and, and, and so I made a – Pat, not to ever really, not to ever lose to to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Compounded on top of it. that signing, it was like, gotcha. gotcha. tonight. Well, you, yeah, you, uh, you and Deshaun hooked up early in that one, man. But, but take me, take me through the uh, the comeback game in the in the Meadowlands, the Miracle Ooh. of the Meadowlands Part Three, where you guys are down big early. You're down twenty one going into the fourth. You go crazy, and and, it, and it, it's capped by Deshaun's, you know, walk off, if you will. How about that one? Yeah, it was. It's funny because I always tell the people that me and Deshaun was actually on the sideline during that game, and we we like throwing the towel. And I hate telling people that because I I never can remember a time in sports where I just I chalked it. I was like, yo, it's over. You know, I might do that playing some of my buddies in golf because if, if I ain't got it that day, I don't have it. Right. You know, but yeah. that day I really didn't have it. And it was no. like, and, and then um, me and Deshaun was like, you know, we just got to beat Minnesota next week and make sure we get into the playoffs. And, you know, but it, I, I remember just there was still chat on our sideline. Marty Morningwig was always coming down, encouraging us. We can do it. You know, just keep, stay into it. You never know what can happen. Keep believing. And, um, you know, we got a turnover. And we went out and, boom, like a quick score. And we came back. It's like, that was cool. And, you know, then we got a three and out. And we got the ball back again. It was like, we went down and scored. And look at the scoreboard. He's like, you're only down 10. Or you're down by two. And boom, boom. And. All of a sudden, it just started to feel like one of those days where it was going your way, and it was like if, if we get a couple more breaks, uh, we'll have a chance uh, to really compete down the stretch. And the defense played really well and got another three and out, and they shut, they sacked Eli, and I, they had to punt. And it was like, okay, we're going into overtime. 
Let's just get ready for overtime, and the chances of Deshaun getting this ball is like so slim <laughs> next to none. I, we was just, I was just like thinking, man, Marty was over there going through like what the next 10 to 15 plays could potentially be, you know, field position, ball position, and um, Jack picked that punt up, and it was over, man. <laughs> I, I knew when the ball bounced, when it when it bounced once, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a low line drive, and it was. I was like, "Oh, he gonna get a chance to run, return this." And it was a little time left, so we, I'm thinking field goal, if anything, right? Or something. And, and uh, bro, super talented. Shout out to Deshaun. I just talked to him a couple of days ago, man. And, uh, that's my brother, always and forever. Hey, hey, Mike, I want to take you through another scenario when you were an eagle, man, and um, when that Riley Cooper incident broke. You know, that caused a lot of tension, man. And the coach yeah. asked you to be like the peacemaker because you were the leader of the team. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, fight breaks out on the field between Riley Cooper and the DB, and you got to jump in and be the peacemaker. How uncomfortable of a situation was that for you? Because you had to be on one side of the ledger with the boys because of what Riley said, but you also had to step up as a team leader to keep peace and keep yeah. trying to keep everybody on the same page. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was very tough. And, you know, I felt like being the, the elder statesman of the team, it was it was a time for me to really express what I felt about the situation. And what yeah. made it so hard was that me and Riley was really close. I, I love Riley like a brother still do. And, and you know, the, re, the reason Coach Reed really laid eyes on me at one point in 2010 in training camp was because me and Riley was connecting. So yeah. I got to know him and, you know, we communicated a lot. And we was always on the same page. And, you know, that that, that was my brother. And, and then that happened. And I, it, like, took me aback when I first seen it. I was like, damn, man, we, you know, we all say things that we really don't mean at times. But, yeah. you know, you know, it was just a moment where he just got caught saying it. But, you know, now you got – 75 other guys that you got to justify that to and, and who might yeah. not look at the situation like me or might not understand it like me and they just don't get it because uh, i know a lot of the younger guys it was like nah you, you're not letting that ride and it really affected us for a while it, it, it affected yeah. us to a point where you know whether it was in the lunch room the weight room um it was in the training room it, it just it was awkward and we had to find a way to get over that and we felt like the best way to do it and I said it was, you know, forget about it. You know, forget about it. We, it was early in, in training camp, and we got a long way to go. We got a new coach. He trying to find his way. And I'm like, man, the hell, let, let's forget about it. We done been through far worse. Yeah. All right? So y'all have individual conversations with him and you know, express what, what you may feel and, and, and then get his feedback, and, and then y'all mm -hmm. go from there and, and just let the relationships kind of naturally form back into to good form. And I think it worked for everybody, and he was able to play another couple years after that, so yeah. it worked out. Yeah. Well, you know, how was your relationship with Chip, man? I it, Even before Chip got to the Eagles, I was doing for ESPN, I called games, and I, I did, like, honestly, that year I did six uh, Oregon games, and I had a chance to sit down and talk to Chip. You know, instead of talking about Cal Berkeley he's playing against, he's yeah. talking about, hey, well, my system working in the NFL. And and I remember, uh, you know, you know, telling him, hey, man, this, you know, it's different when you're dealing with grown men. And then he got there and realized you're dealing with grown men, and he can't just tell them what he was. How was that relationship with you and him, and how did, you know, you see how 
you know, guys started leaving. You know, he started sending guys away, especially strong players that, you know what I'm saying, had a voice in the locker room. Yeah, Chip was great. Chip and I had a, a really good relationship. I, I learned from my relationship with Coach Reed that I could, you know, open up to all my coaches. And Chip was a guy who I didn't know from, you know, from Adam. And when he came in, I, I made it a point to get to know him. I made it a point to try to understand his philosophy. And unfortunately for me, I was, you know, I was 32 years old and I just wasn't conditioned. Uh, and I, but I could have been conditioned. I just wasn't able to do what the 24, 25 year olds. Now, if, if you would have got me when I was young, then it, it would have been a wrap. And I still felt like I got off to a good start. I learned, yeah. I was able to learn the offense. I understood it. I liked it. Um, if I was 26, I would have loved it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, by the time I had my hamstring injury and, and Nick took over, it we, they catered the offense more towards what Nick could do and, and Bill Lazor. And they did a great job with that. Um, and I was there and witnessed it every day. It was a lot of good communication, a lot of learning, and we helped Nick be the best that he could be that season. My, my leg was just kind of shot. I couldn't really recover from it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the young guys struggled to, to get to know Chip. Um, and it, it was so um, it was so hard to, to look at life with, or deal with life without Andy. Right, right. A lot of us was upset that he was gone. You know, we all came back because we had families that was there. My kids was in school, and it was, mm-hmm. it was. And I love you know Howie, and I love Mr. Lurie, no doubt. So I'm coming back to still try to help make that transition. But it was hard to see Andy go, man. We all loved him. Uh, you know, we might have had a, you know a couple situations with him, D-Jack, and they might have had it out a couple times. But guys really love Andy, and they really missed him. Mm-hmm. And, and I can mm-hmm. see that. And and it was super evident. Our biggest. That year, our biggest um, like setback was on that Thursday night when we had to face Kansas City, and Andy came in town. And I'll never forget. I had Riley Cooper to my left, and on you know Sean Smith one on one. I had I had all the matchups. I had everything lined up for me in, in on that particular play, and I chose to throw a stick route to Britt. You know, Britton was my guy too, and the ball got tipped and. It got tipped up earlier. Eric Berry caught it. I don't know if y'all remember. He ran it in the end zone. Like we, yeah. That happened on the first possession. And I I second-guessed myself. I should have threw the goal route one-on-one, high, a high percentage pass, you know, at, at the time. And um, I just knew because it was like, man, I just missed Andy communication right then and there. And uh, I, it was all downhill from there. But nevertheless, Chip was a great man. I said, I'll let me say he was a great dude. You know, you know what, Mike, since you retired, man, you have dabbled in a lot of different things, man. I've seen you on podcasts, shows everywhere, even on Fox Sports. How's that transition been? Because a lot of players, ex-players think they can automatically make that transition over to the media. Yeah. How was that transition for you? Because I watch you every Sunday when I get a chance. I'm watching you every Sunday. How, how was that for you? Man, I, just working with the people over at Fox, man, just the people behind the scenes yeah. are just as amazing as the group that you see me with on set. And they always gave me the right advice. They always gave me tough advice and always been very critical if they needed to. And, and they always was congratulatory. Like, great job if, you, if, if needed. You know, we got to a point where now we just come in and we discuss it. And, you know, we try to make sure that we, you know, we, we bring that chemistry and that energy now. And <clears throat> as a guy who was always used to having a microphone in my face and being yep. asked questions, yeah. 
they helped me look at it as no, it's not that. You got an audience and it's a form of entertainment. And, you know, I matched that up with my love for the game and how excited I'd be on Sundays, Mondays and Thursdays. And I'm like, I like doing this, man. So it, it grew yeah. on me, you know, but I had, they, they, they coached me through it and they helped me out. And uh, like I say, the people behind the scenes, you know, who helped me out, they know who they are, man. Just, just great people. You know, um, mm. Great people. Spoon, you know, who was there, he moved on, um, got a, you know, he's on working with Amazon and doing some stuff Thursday night and Bill Richards and those guys and Amy Leon. They all was just great people, man. So shout out to all my people at Fox and all our producers now who strive to make the show great, man. They do a great job for sure. Mm. Michael, let me ask you, I just want to circle back to, to everything that went down when you were you know, getting to the point where you're getting that second chance with Tony Dungy, what he did for you, what Andy, Jeffrey, Laurie. Just walk me through that whole conversation and how much hope did you really have when you were in prison that you were going to get that second chance or did you did not think? How how confident were you you were going to get that second chance? And how did you stay in shape to be able to come out and go back to the NFL after all those years? Well, it's hard to have hope when you're in prison. I'm just going to yeah. lay it out yeah. right now. Like yeah. It's hard to be hopeful of anything. The, the only thing that made me feel good about anything was my wife picking up the phone every time I called. Mm -hmm. We're spending a little 15 minutes with me every day and sharing with me what was going on with the world. But deep down inside, I, I was very optimistic. I was like, okay, like I, I got a good relationship with Roger, got a good relationship with Arthur, Mr. Blank. Mm -hmm. If I can't get a job, he might bring me back as a backup. You never know. I don't know. It would have right. been a little crazy, but hey, mm -hmm. you know, employment is employment. And, and, and so, you know, I knew it was just going to be a, a channel of people, a long lineage of people that I would have to connect with and, and, you know, just communicate with on a consistent basis so they could really see me as a person and, and see the, the change. Because people can see through, like, when you're young, yep. it's hard for my kids to get anything around me. I always try <laughs> to be fair as a father, but at, at some point, it, it's, it's going to show. Yeah. The real is going to show, and uh, I think we just really had to go through that process of them understanding who I was and who's around, and who's involved in this. Like that's, that's all that stuff is important. You know, mm -hmm. you made a decision on somebody's life and, and somebody's future. And uh, I'm thank, I'm thanks so thankful, Mr. Lori gave me an opportunity. That man is amazing. He brought me to his house. He set me down. Him and his wife at the time. Me, my wife, my fiance at the time, and we sat down and they invited us in. We stayed over. Um, he actually just up and left and went somewhere, and I had the house to myself. <laughs> wow. We, we had the house to ourselves, you know. So we, I was like, I love this man already. Wow. <laughs> already, man. We make, we make coffee, we just hanging out, and it's like, Michael, did you have a good time? You came, when I see him the next day, absolutely. All right, now get, we are gonna sign you. Get ready to go to work. Wow, I mean, you can't ask for too much more than that. Andy was gracious. Howie was gracious. I mean, we we just um, I was a little older too and more mature, so I was able to handle the, everything that came along with dealing with people in the building. And I, it was things that I wanted to do right the second time around. I felt like when I was in Atlanta, I was always rushing out the building, not getting to know my teammates. Mm -hmm not appreciating really what where I was at. And that's that's what I try to tell young 
you know, men and women in sports now, man, like enjoy everything that you got to go through to be great. And, it, it, and it's, it's on and off the field. It's the people who help you and the people who want to work with you and, and see you succeed. You know, show them some love too, man, and show them that they are important and to appreciate what they're trying to instill in you for sure. Wow. That's, that's, that's huge, man. That's, that's deep, man. That's yeah, deep, bro. That's, bro. Mike, you wrote a book called Finally Free. And, and oh, it chronicles. My boy just asked me about that earlier. Yeah, you. I mean, this book, I mean, you chronicle growing up with nothing, the rough environment you lived in, to your rise as a high school and college star athlete, to the NFL making millions, then your fall and how you, you bounce back. Did yeah. the book accurately portray everything that you wanted to get out there as an inspirational message to people? Yeah, as, from an inspirational standpoint, yes. Okay. Um, it, it was a lot of struggle. We <clears throat> we all can write an inspirational book yep. about some things in our life, and we probably can make it, some can be longer than others. So I felt like that message came across the right way, but I also feel like I was writing from a, I was a little disgruntled about some things, and I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have been. I wasn't, I look back at, you know, I did that when I was 29 years old. I still wasn't mature, and I still was pointing the finger at people and blaming people. If you look through it, I, I actually started reading the book um, maybe two months ago because I'm working on a, a life story. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I closed it up, man. And I get into books, and I love them. And I, mm -hmm. and I closed it up because I'm like, that's just not me. That's really not what I wanted. If I could write this book all over again, I'm gonna I'm gonna write it different, and I'm gonna try to make it a little more accurate because it sounds like I'm still placing the blame in a lot of places, and it's more about me. You know, it's not it's not just about me. You know, yeah. so I, I feel like you know if, if I was able to do another book, it would definitely be more thought out. I would take my time, and, and I'll be honest with you, like I'm, I'm just not gonna do it because. People with seven dollars on my face is going to be quality work. Yep. Mm. Well said, Mike. Listen, man. Uh, it's been it's been awesome, man. It's been illuminating. We wish you the best as you keep doing man. your work with Fox. I, I, I let me ask you this. I mentioned this to these oh, guys. We, we, uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, dog. we see a lot of movement in the uh, in the broadcasting world. Any chance you might start doing games too, as, as opposed to just studio work? I don't know. You never know. Um, you know, it's certainly something that I would try to put. You know, I would put some thought into and uh, definitely with like anything else in life you want to be good at, you want to be great at, you got to work at it. And uh, I know it'll come with uh, a, a lot of hard work. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's for, you know, God to, to sort out. And I think it'll happen yeah. at, at the right time. You know, what I'm going to do for the next couple months is enjoy the family before I go out to, back to Fox. And I just started my foundation, uh, the Vic Family Dream Fund. Um, has been up and, and, and running. And people, I would graciously ask you to go to the VicFamilyDreamFund.org and see what we're doing. Uh, check out the space that we're in from prison reform to um, what we're doing with the Boys and Girls Club all across the country and just trying to change lives and help people. We're trying to mentor and, and help them see that, you know, it, it, you can't have some direction out here and there's a lot of people that say there's more people in your corner than you think that care about you. So, um, you know, that's that's the Vic Family Foundation is up and running, and I'm proud of that. So uh, it's something that, that we want to, you know, try to submit as a family legacy. And, and uh, we'll, can, you, we'll be loud and we'll be doing a lot, mm -hmm. um, working with a lot of different organizations and, and, and trying to just 
continue to keep our footprint, you know, on the things that matter. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time for us, man. We're looking forward to doing more great things. Well, Mike, you, you got your hands in a lot of different things, man. You're a hard man to track down. I've been trying to track you down for a long time. I got you. I got you, man. And I, and, and hopefully hopefully we can get you back on the show during yeah. football season and stuff, man. I appreciate you, man. You know that. You ain't That goes without saying, bro. Hey, look, I, just, I check in with y'all for the first quarter of the season. It's going to be all right. All right, team. All right, all right. We got you quoted on camera now, so you can't say you ain't saying. We got Mike, you, man. man. Hey, Mike, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you next week, bro. Uh, uh yeah. in the golf tournament on, on Friday. Yep. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Hit yep. him straight, bro. Hit him Love straight. You, bro. Love you, bro. I'll see you yep. soon. Yep. All right, Mike. All, all the right, best, Mike. man. Thank you, you very buddy. much for your time today. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was a good guy, man. But that was man, it was a lot. It was deep. We got hey, deep look, there. You know, it's funny. Um, ever since he ended his career, um, you know, I've been following him, and you find a lot of stuff about Mike by accident on Twitter and Facebook, man. He's on different people's shows, podcasts, and to listen to him open up about a lot of things he went through both on and off the field as an athlete. You know, obviously, when you play the game, bear to tell you this, when you play the game, you can't say certain things because you're still in that locker room. You're still part of that that fraternity, that 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 establishment. But once you retired, and you can let your hair down, man, and you can really tell, and I've been like, Every time I, I listen to him, I'm like, wow, I never knew this. You know, you guys know I knew a lot of stuff that went up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I, what? Wow, this this is unbelievable. So that's why I kept bird dogging him, man, because he, especially when he announced that he's now a partner in this new venture. And, you know, his story is incredible. If you get a chance, read the book called Finally Free. Um, his story is incredible, man, about, I mean, think about, think about you go from here to up here. You're living a dream, and all of a sudden you crash and crash landing. You got nothing. You deep in debt, twenty, thirty million dollars in debt. You may never get a chance to pay this stuff off, and all of a sudden you're given a second chance and clear your name and your debt at the same time, man. What a what a rags the riches, uh, the rags the riches story, man. This guy has to tell. Yeah, no I, I the, the thing I always found um, admirable was a lot of guys talk the talk. A lot of guys will, will tell you, I'm sorry, man. Just give me a second chance. And then they go right back to being who they were, right? And they don't, it, they're not sincere. This guy was out every day in the schools trying to educate people about dog fighting, trying to educate people about you don't want to go on the road I went down. Uh, he paid every single person, every dime back that he owed, uh, and then some. And, and, and that's the thing. And look, I get some people will never forgive him for what he did, but I see someone who is just looking at Adam and listening to him who is remorseful and, do, and and is trying to help people avoid making the same mistakes he made. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me is what it all, it's all about. You try, if you're trying to teach kids in particular or other, look, you, you can learn from somebody who's younger than you. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. It could be anybody. And he's trying to, to, to show people the right way to do it. And I, there's something to be said for that, man, for sure. A good guy, man. He, he, I mean, he's a really good, I never played with Vic. But every time I've been in his presence, you know what I'm saying, me and him are like this. You know, we 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 really cool, man. In fact, our wives communicate a lot together. Um, you know, he's just a stand-up dude, man. You could tell yeah. he's learned. I mean, and look at the area he's from, man. Look at all the talent that he's from, man. Oh, I oh mean, my goodness. Aaron yeah, Brooks. Iverson. 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 Ronald Curry. The, the Ronald Curry, ball. yes. You know in fact, that – He was a great quarterback, too. Exactly. Turned himself into a really solid, yeah. you know, wide receiver, too. Wow. So, you know, you, you, you're talking about, you know, I mean, that, that was one of the things, like, 
Curry was the best quarterback in that area at the time, and Vic was number two. Hmm. And he was going to Virginia, and yeah. Curry committed to Virginia. And then he ended up going to uh, Carolina. Oh, is that though. what happened? Is it, so, And then Vic went to yeah. La Tech thinking he was going to Virginia? Yes. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. Well, you know, his, his second cousin is Aaron Brooks, and Aaron Brooks is the one that got him into playing football. And man, yeah, quarterback, yeah, yeah, he had a solid career. Aaron Brooks, yeah, he played with Virginia. played with the Saints for a while. Yeah, you know, um, and man, what what a what a move that turned out to be, man. This kid named Michael Vick with his laser left arm could run like the wind. He he basically changed the quarterback game in the National Football League. Right, I, hey, Gerard, I, but, right. Moss is from that same area. Yeah. Oh yeah. no, I think he's from West Virginia, isn't he? Uh, oh, I Moss is from West Virginia. Yeah, I thought yeah. he's from Virginia because well, Moss went to Marshall. Right. I, well, I'll tell you, Dan. So he went to Florida State and got kicked. How do you get kicked, kicked out of Florida State? Yeah. Yeah. Florida State I mean, and, no, you and Notre State? Dame. Uh, right. Yeah. Criminal, right. criminal you. Florida State, criminal you. Well, I mean, so wow. uh, Dan Klecka, who we had on the show, uh, I think you guys were, were off that day or off that segment, but we had Dan on a while ago. I do the postgame show with Dan on WIP, but Dan said when he played him, Dan was a Temple, and, they, and when they played Vodtech the first time with Vic, he said he never saw anything like it in his life. Like he said, it was yeah. it was a different like what he was witnessing with that dude compared to everybody he ever played against was a different universe. He said yeah. it was yeah. it was just this is not the same this is not the same human being that I'm used right. to going against here. This guy, right, not all men are created equal. Anyway, wow, so, uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. All right, so let's uh, let's get a quickie in here, guys. We'll get caught up on stuff. We come back. Uh, we'll mix in a little Phillies, but we have Hugh Douglas coming up at two. And, and more thoughts from Barrett uh, from the OTAs, which we're going to dig into as well. So you don't want to go anywhere. Uh, we will be right back. We are Sports Take. Uh, it's, of course, you can catch us, uh, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, uh, right back in, in a minute. But let me tell you about uh, Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. You know how hard it can be trying to figure out the best thing for planning your future, get your finances straight. I went through the same thing for years, and then I finally found the right person, and it's Jim Murray. And trust me from personal experience, you can trust him and the group at Principal Financial Group, uh, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you have a small business, and you're trying to set up your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I, I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim. And I couldn't be happier. And he couldn't be a better resource for any kind of questions that you would have. You give him a call right now, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You can email him as well at Mary, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams 
deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. We are back. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks just wrap things up with Michael Vick. And you can ch- catch that entire interview if you just go to Jacob Sports YouTube Network. You could also go to jacobsports.com and check it on there. No, not everybody can hang for the entire interview, but uh, if you want to go back and check it out, it's well worth your while. That was some phenomenal stuff from Michael Vick, not only on his playing career, memories of his Eagles days, uh, but just the way he's uh, turned his life around and, and I bet, how about Jeffrey Lurie leaves him in the house all, all by himself? <laughs> You're muted, Gunner, but I, I can't even imagine what, what that I must can't, have been bro. Like. I mean, yeah. you, just you don't even know already. Michael Vick. Just I don't even like, in your house. Here's how screwy I am. I'd be like, are they testing me? Like, am I am I not supposed to like even get a cup of coffee here? Or they do they think I'm? You know what I mean? I I start getting like paranoid. In me there, too, man. bro. Like, is there a yeah. camera here? Where's the camera? Yeah, yeah. The camera. <laughs> I'm the but, same way, man. But see, Lurie does stuff like that all the time, man. He, and that's why a lot of people like playing for, for, for this organization is because Lurie, Lurie makes you feel like part of the family. You're not just an employee. Right. He goes out of his way to make people. And I'm not just talking about players. I'm talking about people in his front office as well, make you feel like part of the family. Yeah. You know, now, obviously, there are a lot of people who are afraid to open up because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working for Jeffrey Lurie, one of 32 privileged people to own a franchise in the National Football League. But he tries to make you. He's big in the community, as we all know. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. He wears he wears the community on his sleeve. There's there's some people that are just lip service. I'll give money here. I'll donate money here. No, no, no. He gets not just the players, but the entire organization involved in endless community projects, man. But you're right, man. If some guy I don't know leaves me in his multi million dollar <laughs> mansion, I'm sitting like this the whole time until he comes back. Look, when you walk back in this house. 
you're not going to look at me and say something's out of place here because <laughs> right. I'm not moving. I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm not walking out the front door. I'm, hey, I'm making look. sure the pillow just as they were on the couch if I slept on the hey, couch. Look, if, there's $5, <laughs> yeah. if there's $5 sitting on that island when he leaves, yes. I'm watching that $5 to make sure it's still there when he comes back. I might leave yeah. a couple extra bucks, too. Yeah, hell, I'll put five more there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to catch me doing that. I'm like this the whole time. I think we all have two guilty consciences. Maybe that says something about us. I don't I don't know. But, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty funny, man. Pretty, Bro, that's crazy, cool. man. But just leave me in a house like that, I'm like, no. Oh, there's got to be something. Yeah. Uh, he, hey, once he's leaving, I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm leaving out with you. I, I'm bro. leaving too. I'm with you. I just, I'm just getting up and getting out of hey, there. Hey, I'm, look, I'm looking at this chat right here from Bob Brown. It says, yo, mm -hmm. yesterday D Gun said he had some inside info on players. He was going to tell B Brooks today. Did I miss him talking about it, Bob? That's a conversation for me and Barrett. I can't talk about <laughs> that stuff openly, bro. I'm sorry, but some things have to be left unsaid. And if I say something about it, I'll end up. Uh... In a lake somewhere with 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 uh, Simmons shoes. Exactly. On. Oh, man. <laughs> when I when I when I tell people when I tell people former players that said if D Gun ever writes a book, we are gonna have to kill him. Oh, I say I say the same thing about Barrett. If Barrett ever repeats anything, I tell him I'm gonna have to kill him. I can <laughs> I can promise you this: if if Gunner wrote a book, it would be a bestseller. Now he might not be yep. around to see the the profits no, from no, it, no. but it would be. Trust me when I tell you, there would be hey. some mind-blowing stuff in this thing. He knows where everybody is buried. Trust look, me. I hey, look, I would have to kill Barrett, but then I'd have to be on the run for the rest of my life. Because why why are you people... always killing Barrett? Why is no, that but I'm saying, no, no, I just said, if you he repeated it. Yeah. If he repeated what I said, I'd have to kill him. Oh, but then man. I'd be on the run for the rest of my life because I got to look over my shoulder trying That's to figure out who's coming after me. Good point. So, all, right, all right, this is what he told me. He told me that... Uh... <laughs> I told you what? <laughs> that was the, that was the, the mic. I love it. That, that was the best it. mute uh, use of. And I can't believe mic. he said that. But when yes. he said this to me, and he talked about. There you go. go, Derek. He's. he's I mean, isn't that a trip, y'all? That's a trip, get, ain't it? He's getting it down. Man. <laughs> hey, look, he's getting it down. One of the that few times I actually like when he muted the mic. <laughs> I know, right? It's the only time I'm not like, Barrett, you muted. Barrett, you muted. No, that was awesome. That was awesome. But, yeah. But good oh, stuff. Man. Derek, good job. Good job tracking him down because I know it oh, wasn't easy. Whatever. With bottom line is we got him and it was it was well worth it. By the way, uh coming up at the top of the hour, we're gonna have Hugh Douglas. So uh he will be joining us uh in a little bit. So yeah, he's uh, gonna be at uh, he's gonna be at the uh at the golf, you know. Yeah, what's uh, the what's golf? What is yeah, that? What is this? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, this is uh Ron Jaworski's the big uh, annual golf tournament that he has every year. Okay. It's on Friday. Okay. You know, so you where know, is it? Uh, it's going to be at Riverwinds. Okay. Oh, well, it's one of Ron's places. Yeah. 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 It's Ron, be at Ron's. If you guys haven't played, just a free plug. Why not? Uh, played any of Ron's courses? They're unbelievable. They're the the unbelievable. The, the courses are unreal. Like the clubhouses and the little restaurants and stuff that he has are are. I've done shows from many of them. Well worth it. The food is first class. The Ron yeah. runs it. The people that he has in charge are first class. Just trust me when I tell you. You should. And he's got a lot of great courses, not just in South Jersey. He got one in Norristown, I think, too. And I think he has and, one and, in and West Virginia, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Let yeah. me tell you something. You want to talk about uh, successful businessmen oh beyond goodness. the football field? You, you every you put it, Ron Jaworski, in any conversation. No, you know, he I'm, started I'm, out with the Eagles Nest. Remember the Eagles Nest? Yeah, he started with yeah. that. But he, you know, he really started out with. Um, a cell phone company. He, he started the cell phone company, man. That's where he made the majority of his money. He's, I mean, he got filthy rich then. Okay. You know, he definitely didn't make it from playing in the NFL. No, when he <laughs> played, he wasn't making a ton. Yeah, that, right, that's right. Sure. So he he was a great investor. Um, got one into cell phone company. 
Uh, then he bought the Eagles Nest, and then you know from that point on, man, he's he's been the he was a part he, owner of the Philadelphia Soul. Yes. So he's he's tried yeah. he's tried to move me along in that direction. I can do all the stuff. I just can't get paid like I'm doing all the stuff. <laughs> he he gets paid for it. I don't. Well, hey, I, I covered I covered his uh, charity golf event um, in, in Atlantic City for years. Right. And you know some of the stars that were out there, former oh. players. One year, Troy Aikman's out there next, and it's like, man, we're doing interviews with all these different players. The only thing I hated, man, them little green flies, man. Oh, green oh, heads. Dude, I go back. I go back to the office. It looked like mosquitoes tore my arms up, man. I, the worst. They're the like worst. I had chicken. Like I had mumps or something. Chicken pox. No, they draw blood. Hey, yeah, they, yeah. they draw blood. They one hundred percent do. They're they're the worst I thing about the beach. It's there. the worst yeah. thing about the beach. I, I'm telling you. Oh my goodness, man. I'm I covered take... that, Gunner. I covered that one year, and Jim McMahon was playing it at one year. Yeah, you know, Jim yeah. McMahon plays golf in bare feet. Did you guys know that? Yes. Oh yes. He is a strange cat. Okay, Bro. I will just tell you that he is a different <laughs> dude. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. He was out there, man. I actually did an event for um for Revive, Vice Gehema. And he flew us out to um Utah. So it's, I'm out in Utah and all the BYU greats were there. I don't know why the hell I was there, but right. you know, he had me up there and I, I spoke to uh spoke to everybody there. And I tell you what, I was hanging out. We, he they had us in they had us in a, this log cabin. Now the log cabin is probably seven seven eight thousand square feet wow and there's Whoa. four of us in this in this in this in this log cabin and mcmahon and his wife are one of the guests in there when i tell you <laughs> when i tell you some of the stories he was telling me and everything else bro yeah, i mean man. he it, it it was it was it was a bit much he is without filter he he does not care. Jim McMahon is if oof, man. He gives no anything. Fs about anything. No, exactly I'm gonna right. tell you else was like that too. I had to cover this guy for a few years. Bubby Brister when he was with the Steelers. <laughs> Bubby Brister was uh, Bubby Brister was from Louisiana. All right. And when he came to the Steelers, you talking about country is a box of cornflakes. I'm gonna tell you something. But Bubby Brister had no filter, and the media loved him because he said exactly what he felt, did exactly what he wanted. But when he got out there, he wasn't a great quarterback, but he was a great competitor, man. Right. And and they play everybody loved him because he was he was Pittsburgh. Roll up your sleeves, yeah, he's blue tough. collar town. He was tough as nails, man. But Bubby Brister, he had, he was missing a few brain cells. Ain't no question mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, different. These dudes were just different. They were built differently, man. That's for sure. Um, all right, let, let's sneak in a little Phillies, guys. Uh, we touched on it early, but I just wanted to, to dig into this, and we'll get back to the Eagles at, at two with you. Um, they, you look at what they're doing right now. So we're at the point now, and they destroyed the Brewers last night. And it was it was the combination. Wait, why, you, why you have to say destroyed, man? Because uh, I do take a little extra pleasure in it because it's you know your your hometown. Why, why you want, why you why you have to say that, man? I'm hurt. I'm hurt. It, it feels a little good. That's why. Hey, hey, did I did I take digs at you when your team was reeling and you were crying? Everybody needs to be fired. No. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, no lie. No lie. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, vengeance is mine. No. Uh, <laughs> no, they they win 10 nothing last night, guys. Nola goes eight innings, no runs allowed, six strikeouts, didn't walk anybody, 103 pitches. That is, yeah. you know, again, that's on the heels of like Suarez pitching great. Uh, they, you know, they, this is what they've been getting here. So Schwarber out of the leadoff spot, four for five, yep. two runs, uh, two our base. How about Stott, guys? Bryson Stott, Jeez. four for four, another Jeez. home run. And a double, and then of course Harper goes yard again. You know Harper for the year, 
306, 14 home runs, 44 RBIs, 364 on base, 628 yeah. slug. Incredible. And and but that's not an MVP though. Yeah, I know it's not an yeah, MVP. Exactly. But the, doesn't it just feel and I know the easy answer, and Barry, you could certainly speak to this as a former athlete. I know they're winning and you automatically say, of course they're happy and they're having fun. They're winning. I know that, but they just feel like a lighter group to me than they it just felt like Girardi had them very tense, man. Yep, yep. And they just feel like it's a uh, weight's been lifted off them. It's communication factor, man. Thompson, he, he communicates better than Joe did. Joe was one of those guys that, all right, he's to the position of power. Then after he gets, leaves the field, it was like he was gone and, you know, there was no communication. You could tell that there's Thompson, he's, he's more of a guy that, you know, gets along with the guys. He communicates better with them. And, you know, he'll have a beer with them as opposed to, like, Joe not doing that. Right. And, you know, there's there's, there's something to that. You know what I'm saying? Being able to get along with somebody. Like, you know, just like we were talking about, Vic was talking about his relationship with Chip. That was one. He was one of the only people that got along with Chip that way. I mean, even the lunch lady didn't like Chip. He wasn't <laughs> a great communicator, which meant, yeah. you know, you can't you can't you can't drive men until they can't be driven anymore and think that, you know, you can just not speak to them, not respect them. Like if you were a guy that would lower down on the totem pole right. in that locker room, yeah, Chip would just walk past it like he didn't even know you. Yeah. I remember, remember Brandon Boykin said he wouldn't even make eye contact no, with me in the hallway. That's exactly like, right. And remember, and, and remember when Boykin left and went to Pittsburgh? I got I got that quote from him. He unloaded on Chip about not even not being able to deal with men of color. Right. Um, and Boykin told me by the time he landed in Pittsburgh, man, the media swarmed him because that story took off like hotcakes. But you know what, Barry, to what you're talking about. You know, a lot of times they're former players, prominent players who walk the halls, you know, um, in, in, at the Novacare Complex. Chip would walk by them like he never even saw them, but would talk to other people, but not would talk to these people, you know. And, and I don't want to say their names because I don't want it to come up and I don't want to put them in awkward situations. He would bypass prominent former players and act like he didn't seem like it was like they were just invisible. And he used to, I mean, he alienated everybody from the janitor to the owner. And I've never seen anybody alienate that many people that quickly in an organization like Chip Kelly did. Anytime you have the power to have the GM jettisoned to a closet down the whole hall from his office, that's when you know you've given too much power well, and he uh, abused it. Uh, to, to that point, Derek, the, the three of us, and I'm not going to um, give her name out, but the three of us know um, there was a receptionist there who was the nicest person you'll ever encounter. Yep. yep. And uh, Chip essentially had her run off. Like, yep. you know, yep. and, and that yep. woman had been there for 20 for, years forever. And she yep. was a, a very kind human being. And yes. that, that told me a lot about what this dude's all about. And, and uh, you know, to I know to, yeah, to the janitor cleaning up his office. Yes. Yep. He wouldn't tell the janitor directly. Like the janitor would come in and and come in his office, you know, dump all the trash in his office, and he wouldn't even say hello to him. Yeah. And then he would leave, and he would call Boyko, Boy, hey Boyko. Um, next time you talk to, uh, can you go tell the guy to clean my office that I need such 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 done that this and this and that done instead of just talking to the dude who's sitting right in yes. front of him. Yeah. yeah. And that like like you were talking about earlier, Barrett. I think with the um. 
you know, when you're dealing with college kids, it's one thing because you, you have so much power over right. them in terms right. of playing time. And now it's different because they could just transfer right out the next year. But back then you had to right. sit a year and whatever. Yep. Adult men aren't going to like maybe for short term, like he, they did for the short term here. But after a while, that's going to get real old, you know, and, yeah. you know, I, I don't what no matter what the component is when that you know anybody i don't care white black whatever there nobody's going to deal with that stuff if you're treating no, them that way no. and it's just plain and simple but the only re the only reason they took it initially because he took a team that was four and 12 or three and 13 the previous season and automatically transformed them to a 10 and 6 team and they went to the playoffs mm -hmm. um his first year and then he went 10 and 6 the second year and didn't make the playoffs but he went to, he went ten and six back to back years. Right. Then the third year, the bottom fell out, and all of a sudden, people started talking. Next thing you know, his tenure was over before the, before the season ended, man. Yeah. But you know, there's a lot of negative to say about Chip Kelly, how he talked to people, handled people. But I will say this: in all the years that I've covered football, covered sports in general, he was one of the most intelligent, insightful men you ever wanted to meet. When it came yes. to stuff like military history, oh he my could god, talk all day. Dude, right. he knew history of stuff mm -hmm. that you were like, huh? He could stand there. And I would have him, like, once a year, I would get him one-on-one. -on -one. After the draft, I would always get the coach to come out to the auditorium and do a one-on-one -on -one segment for a show. And he would come out. We would be out there for five minutes before we went live on air talking about life, things in life. And I'm sitting there going, this is the same Chip Kelly that everybody wants to, 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 to make disappear. Yeah. He was a very insightful dude away from the cameras. But when, once the cameras went on and when he had to be on – but he, I tell you what, he was one of the most negative, miserable people you ever wanted to meet. He, he, he would reference Ansel Adams' paintings. Yes, you know, and yes. like you sit there, like you don't hear this a lot, of, a lot out of football coaches. This kind of stuff. No, it, it, I, I think he was almost like uh, um, savant-ish. Savant he was, yes. he was yes. yes. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. He was so singularly focused. That he lost track of that it was a people sport, a people. And he was socially challenged because he didn't yes. know how to relate to people because he's right. so concrete in his thinking. You know yes. that he he's so hyper focused on what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? He he's just yeah. he was just socially challenged, but he didn't know how to deal and relate to people. As a college coach, you don't have to deal with people. You're the head coach, but when you're dealing with people that are making just as much money, if not more money than you, who have more power than you do. Um, you, you can't just treat people like that. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't. And, and then is this is a, you know, performance based, you know, type of type of place. So you can't go out there and, and alienate people and then lose to, oh, you know, you, it's, it's like people say all the time, you can run me hard or you can run me hard long, but mm -hmm. you can't run me hard and long. Well, hey, Chip Kelly, look at this. You can win, but you cannot win, but you can't do it and be an asshole and, and and still, uh, you know, think that you can just treat people that way yeah, when you're right. losing. Be like, right. Belichick can get away with some of the stuff that he – and I'm not comparing them exactly as, as the same guy. I'm just saying Belichick can get away with stuff that another coach who's less accomplished can't get away with. I, I mean, that's know. just a fact. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you win, you get away. I, I'll say this, too. The And the point you bring up, Derek, about, you know, what happened that when it got to that last year. I also think Jeffrey Lurie had – buyer's remorse that he turned it all over to him too and, yeah, and, and, no and, 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 no and he felt like he did howie mm. dirty and and i oh, think yeah. that also weighed on him in a big yeah. way too because look as soon as, as soon as he got rid of chip kelly howie was reinstated right as soon as, as soon as that tenure was over howie was elevated and reinstated back into his role um well, when he was putting that role remember when he's putting that role d gun 
he was put in that role, but he was put in that role and given a raise. Yeah. Yes. He yes. was given a raise and put in yep. the closet. Yep. Well, yeah. How many people you know get a raise and get put get kicked out of the office <laughs> down the hall? I mean, I mean that's unbelievable. I, so, I'll I'll sign up for that. Yeah, really, <laughs> right. I'll, I'll take that seven days a week. Hey, you want to kick me to Beirut and give me a raise at the same time? Yeah. Right. I, I'm, ha- I'm happy to go clean the closet out and not what have to do anything. Else. What you need but more what? bandages? Yeah. Right. <laughs> have you? But think about: Have we ever? Can you guys ever remember a scenario where? A dude gets essentially demoted, and then he's brought back in in, no. in such a public forum no. like that. No, and no. given the keys back to the car, where, where, give me those keys. You're done no. with the car, and then no. here here's the keys right. And in less than a year, that was unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and he's and, and now he's still there. Not only is he still there, he's just got a three year extension. And two years later, he wins a Super Bowl. And wins a Super Bowl, exactly. Insane. You can't make this stuff up. Hey, bro, but to get back to the Phillies for just a moment, I want to, you know, um, obviously they've won six in a row, five in a row under Rob Thompson. And so I did did some stats last night. In the five games that they've won under Rob Thompson, they have hit 13 home runs Mm -hmm. in five games and scored 39 runs. Twice they've scored 10 runs and shut out the opposition. Jeez. Ten run. The first game under Rob Thompson, they win ten nothing over the Angels, and their latest win ten nothing over the Brewers. That's incredible. Thirteen home runs in five games. No, are you it, kidding it, me? If Dave Dombrowski before the season started was was mapping out what this was going to look like, it would be this streak. They're yeah, scoring yeah. a ton of runs. Yep. They're getting great starting pitching, yep. and you know they are they're getting contributions from everybody. And, and you know Schwarber's now woken up. It, it's crazy. It, Dude, you know what? Let the good times roll. We all know every team's going to hit a low. Let yeah. the good times roll and enjoy it while you have it. Amen. Look, I, I'm oh, with man. you. Derek, to, to add to your point, six runs or more in yep. five of the six games yep. during this run. Yep. So they're they're yep. they're getting it done on both ends, man. And, and that's for sure. And we'll, we'll see if they can keep this thing going. And you got Zach Eflin on the mound today. His last outing, he pitched eight shutout innings. He was awesome. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, his outing before that, he was a disaster, but – his yeah. last outing, he pitched eight shutout innings, and you're facing a Brewers team that's the leading team in the National League in home runs. They can't hit the side of the barn in the right. last five, six games. The Phillies are going against a tough arm today, though. Burns is legit. Oh, yeah. So the reigning rainy, NL Cy Young winner. Chris, yeah. Chris Burns ain't no joke. No. I mean, Corbin Burns ain't no joke. So this could be one of those one nothing, two nothing type games. Yeah, they got, they, got, they got a big boy today. So they got they go home. They come home on Friday tomorrow. Um and they get Arizona for three, then Miami and Gunner. We touched on this yesterday. Miami has been a a challenge, and I'm being yep. kind. Yeah, uh, uh, comes in here after that, and then they go to Washington for five. So again, you know, this is a piece of the schedule where you should be able to get some things done here, it, but they got to keep this up. I mean, they should be absolutely. over five hundred after these next two series. They well, should. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you bring that up because if you look at the standings right yep. now. Yep. Um, we mentioned earlier, Atlanta has really quietly to us because we're so hyper focused on the Phillies. But yep. Atlanta's won seven straight, yes. so you know, and the Mets have lost two straight. So the, the Phillies have made up some ground um, on the Mets, but they're still right now. Atlanta's seven back, and the Phillies are two and a half back. Atlanta, all of a sudden, guys, three games over five hundred. That's right. They were, they were right there with the Phillies before that series started. If you remember back in Atlanta, well, we Girardi said that though. We yeah. said that though. We said that eventually, you know, their, their pitching staff will get them over the hump. You know, they'll mm-hmm. start getting better. Yeah. yeah, And that's exactly what happened. But it's, it's something to say for morale in a locker room. 
on how guys perform. Morale is something that, you know, is, 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 is not talked about a lot. And it's not, you know, there's a certain way that you can coach to, to, to really bring out morale in the team. And I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, not saying Joe uh, is a bad manager, but I'll say this. He didn't help with the morale of the team as a whole. Yeah. So they can't, you know, they they can't really put you can't really put a price on it or put, you know, put a finger on why the morale was so bad because Thompson was in that locker room at the same time. Also, when you know, when when when, you know, you look at Joe was the skipper, but at this point. He just he's just bringing up the morale of the team, which is making them swing bats better. Pitching, I think, was already, you know, started yeah, pitching. Starters was were good enough. Good. They yeah, were right. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, Barrett, I think your point's great. And here's and I, I remember I said to you guys, like, I'm not, I don't get the Thompson thing because he's so closely associated with Girardi. But here's what I think what we're seeing, at least, to your point, Barrett. I think Thompson had his eyes on everything and his ears on everything and saw, you know what? I'm not like I think he's incorporating the stuff maybe that Joe did well, but also the stuff that he didn't like from Joe. Like, yes. I think he probably saw that they were wound too tight under Joe and, and and said, you know what? I'm loosening the reins here on these dudes a little bit. Let's have some fun. And you saw it the other night uh, after the, the game where he um, Bohm went yard and Veerling went yard. They're interviewing Alec Bohm and the music's blasting in the clubhouse. Like those oh, yeah. guys, you could hear them in there hooting and high and everybody's going nuts. And I get it. You're coming off a big win, but they're having fun. How many yes. times do you guys remember that with Girardi where, where dudes are in the clubhouse having fun? Right. It looked like, a, looked like they were in the library half the time. Well, they yeah. Like, and they said it with family members were saying that family members were saying, yeah. man, my husband, he's not even having fun. They're playing a game. Why isn't the game fun? Right. You know, I think, I think Thompson had the, before he was elevated to manager, I think he had the privilege of just walking around the clubhouse and hearing what players were saying in terms of, what they didn't like about what's going on. And once he got that job, the switch immediately flipped and he gave guys what they wanted, changed the complexion yep. of the clubhouse right away and gave them what they wanted, that freedom to be who they are, to let the young kids grow. And mm -hmm. you saw, you were seeing immediate dividends from that right now. Yeah. And I, I, that's where I think he said, this doesn't work. I'm not doing that. And he had right, that right. was that's the advantage of having a guy who was there, not bringing somebody guy in, somebody in from the outside, hiring an right. interim, you know, or whatever, elevating an interim guy. I think is a a big piece of that. That's for sure. All right, so they finish up with Milwaukee today. Then it's on to they come back home, uh, like I mentioned with Arizona. And you know, again, as far as the standings go, they're nine and a half back in the Mets right now. Mets are still dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, and the, and the Braves are seven back. That's where they are. And, and, and the Marlins, by the way, two games worse than the Phillies. Uh, they're 11 and a half back in the NLE. So that's where things stand as we you know, head the, into this. The funny yeah. thing is we keep talking about the Mets and chasing the Mets. We forget that the, that the, the Braves are the world defending world series champions, you know? And so for them to be hot right now, they're the hottest team in baseball right now. The Phillies are second. So we shouldn't be surprised that the Braves have all of a sudden turned it on as well. Um, because this is a team, they're the king of the hill right now. So no doubt. technically the Braves are the team that everybody's trying to beat. I mean, the Mets have played phenomenal baseball, but mm -hmm. don't forget about the Braves because the Braves got quality arms. They got, they got a great lineup. Um, so they're going to be right there at the end also. I never count them out. I'm telling you, I never yeah, count yeah. them out. So look at just FYI, uh, to that, the Eagle, the Phillies are three and a half back of that third and final wild card spot. So, yeah. uh, oh, if you want to just put the Mets aside for a minute, if you're chasing the wild card, 
That's what you need to get to. Right now, it's the Padres, Cardinals, and Giants. And the Phillies are three and a half back of that last spot. The Atlanta's one back of that last spot. So, look, the way this season started, man, I'll just take the playoffs, okay? When you haven't been in the postseason in 11 years, I'll take the playoffs. It doesn't have to be the division, that's for sure. All right, so – Let's uh, let's step aside. We come back. Hugh Douglas, our old buddy, Hugh, is going to be joining us. We'll continue with the football talk. We get some great stuff, uh, including, guys, Coldplay singing Fly Eagles Fly yeah. in, in the last segment. They're in town for a concert at the link. Looked like a fun night. Hey, let me ask you guys, who's, yeah. who's, who, is that, um, who is that wrestler who has the, the rubber bands on the Lou fence? Albano. Lou Albano. Captain Lou, Lou Albano. Albano. Captain yeah. Lou. For some reason, I'm going to look at you. He reminds me of Lou Albano, man. I mean. Whoa. Whoa, man. I don't know. Just just, the, just the era, how he carries himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lou said whatever the hell he wanted to say and how he wanted yeah. to say it. Xanders, yeah. see if you can put together a side-by-side. Uh, <laughs> Captain Lou and, and Hugh. We'll get a little Captain Lou and Hugh. Yeah, I would love to hear Hugh's comment behind that one. Yeah, he, I, I'm not sure he's going to enjoy that one. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And remember, Barrett said it, Hugh. Oh, really? Really? I didn't hear it. Barrett he's, said it. I didn't see it. He's a, he's a Sigma, so we've been going back and forth with this all the time. He's a Sigma brother. He's a brother of Phi Beta Sigma, and I'm Omega Psi Phi, so we go at it all the time. He was one <laughs> of the great – I watched wrestling for like a two-year period, and that was it. It was like 82 to 84 I watched Best wrestling. managers in the world. He man. was the best. Yeah. And he was also in the Cindy yeah. Lauper videos. If you're oh, that's where he was. Yeah, yes, he was. Dude, I watched. I have so I, much nonsense in my head, man. I grew up. My dad who, used to who, love who watching. Remembers that? Yeah, no. my dad used to love to watch the old AWA wrestling. I used. Yeah. I grew up watching AWA. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when the '90s hit and the WWF was reign supreme, remember they'd have the Friday night main event on, yeah. on for WWF. Yeah. And that was and that was when Sting, Hulk Hogan, all those guys were in their heyday. Yeah. That was like must see TV. Now you knew it was fake. But you had to watch it. Yeah, and I, 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 I never missed it. I was, I was like, um, Superfly Snooker, Sergeant, oh Sergeant Slaughter, what? Uh, Junkyard Dog. Like they oh, were my good. guys. Oh my goodness, Dr. Special X? Delivery Jones, SD Jones. Oh they, man, they were my guys, man. They were my guys. <laughs> oh, All remember right. the Birdman? Oh, there were so many. There were <laughs> so many. The bird. Oh my goodness. So many of those guys. It was awesome. All right, so we'll, we'll come back. It'll be Hugh Douglas. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. All right, I want to tell you about my friends at Pro Action Restoration. If you have a home or a business uh, and, and you experience the inconvenience of, say, water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you don't know what to do. I get the people that you can turn to. It's Pro Action Restoration. They're on call 24-7. You have a problem any time of day, any day of the week. You can reach out to them. I've gone through this. It was a Saturday. I didn't know what to do. I got them over there. They cleaned up my parents' house, gave me a great price. The the, the crew couldn't have been better and more professional, cleaned up after themselves. It was amazing, the job that they did. And and look, here's the key thing. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Just check out the reviews. They're absolutely awesome. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company also, which is massive. Water, fire. Smoke, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, or reach out to them, proactionrestoration.com.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back in, everybody. Rob Ellis, along with Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. Joining us now, he is, uh, you can hear him on the morning show at 92.9. There he is. In Atlanta. Uh, what a handsome fella he is. He looks like he's it's it's ready for he's ready for a mugshot. What, look at that. Look at that. Look, that looks like a prison picture, man. Yeah, Where man, are you I, in a closet? I, do we I, need to bail you out, Hugh? What's going on, man? Hey, don't make fun of that because y'all know I do have a mugshot. So that ain't <laughs> <even> funny. <laughs> You're way more handsome now. You're way more handsome now than that, Hugh. Just saying, man. That's all. <laughs> hey, those days are past me, man. No, no more mugshots for the kids. Man. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, hey Hugh, did you watch? Did you watch pro wrestling back in the day? Yes. Now, before we went to commercial break, Barrett Brooks said something, and I'm gonna let Barrett pick it up from here. Yeah, I'm starting. I'm starting some controversy right now. Barrett Brooks says something. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear Hugh's response to this. So, so Mr. Brooks, take it away. You muted, Barrett. You muted. Yeah. No, no. What's the you. rubber band? The rubber band on his face. The wrestler. Lou Albano. Lou Albano. Coco, was it Coco Beware? No, Captain, no, Captain Lou, Lou Albano. Captain Lou Albano. Y'all got oh, yeah, that. Captain Lou, yeah. Y'all got that same type of air about yourself, man. Y'all unapologetic, <laughs> whatever the hell you want to say, bro. Y'all hey, got man, that same air about yourself, hey. man. Hey, you know what though, man? It's like the kids say, man. You got to keep it real. Ain't no need for me to lie. <laughs> About what I've been through, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ain't no need to lie. <laughs> bro, we used to be in practice, bro. We used to be in practice, man. And uh all all, all he wanted to do was do one-on-ones and, 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 and do team. 
We was going nine oh seven. He ain't want no parts of it, man. No parts of it. All. I come out hey, trying to come off the like, nah. Uh-uh. Be Bruce. Be Bruce. No, nah, bro. Hey, man. Because it's not, hey, man. Nine oh seven. They take, hey, take them years off your career for real. So look. So then I turn around. We get... doing nine the pros. Right. <laughs> so then I turn around. Say, hey, they man. Do nine oh seven now. No, they don't. They don't. But they don't even hit anymore. Period, man. But look, every time nah, we go to one on one, he want to go like a banshee. He want to go. He he ain't slowing down at all. I mean, he going full speed <laughs> all the way out on one on ones. I'm like, man, come on. Hey, 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 B, hey, <laughs> hey, B, because that's where the money. That's where the money was at, man. That's exactly <laughs> what you said too. That's where the money at. The money is getting to the passer. <laughs> I will say this hands down the the funniest athlete I ever covered in in the locker room any sport was you he was and in a in a good natured way like not in a you know being a dick way to be honest with you like there are other guys when the camera's on or one way he was a he was a funny guy and in a good uh, there, I had no doubt that you would transition smoothly into this life man I'm just telling you no question hey well I appreciate it man because I, I always feel it I still feel like to this day man like. There's not a person that listens to anything that we talk about on the air, via the radio or television that really quotes the stats that we give them because we're all regurgitating the same thing. It's about having personality, man. It's about connecting with people because that's what it's all about. It's all about that connection that we have with people. That's why people listen to you guys, man. That's why D-Gun was so popular because we can sit up there and we'll talk to D-Gun and we can tell D-Gun certain things. Yeah. That if he really wanted to, if he wanted to be that richer than the media, he could tell <laughs> he never did. He kept it, he kept it in confidence, man. And that's what it's Still all about. Do. It's about Still that do. Yep. And, hey, he, and he blackmails what? me every single day. <laughs> that's right. Every chance I get 24-7. Oh, yeah, yeah man. And that's why it, it's no thing. It's no thing to like when D Gun calls and say, Hey man, I need you. Hell, I'm on vacation. I'm kind of glad y'all called, really, because you know how when you're on vacation as a sportscaster or an analyst. You're yeah. never really on vacation because nope. every time no. news drops, no. yep. it's something that you want to talk about. Dude, what the what, Jack Del Rio? Before I get into what I got, to <laughs> here say we go. About it, here we go. I'm just saying, what y'all? How y'all feel about what he said, bro? Ooh. What do you mean? How I feel about it? I'm. I'm. I, I, what, what rock has he been under? Yeah, I, I here's the I, here's the thing I can't figure out, Hugh. I, th- I there's no way he hasn't lost a, a big portion of his own locker room. There's no way. Diga, what? How do you feel about it? Here's the way I see it. I don't have a problem with him questioning the rioting and the looting. The people who took advantage of that situation, what could have been a powerful statement in our country, and they used it for their own personal gain to burn down people's businesses, to destroy people's livelihoods, because they didn't care about the message that a lot of people had come together. Think about it. It's one of the few times in our country where you had white, black, Asian, Latin people arm in arm walking the streets about Black Lives Matter. Then you had that faction of people that were out there looting, pillaging, and burning, which tainted the true message of what was going on out there. But if he yeah. missed the boat about what the, the the whole thing was about, then I've said this on this show and other platforms, he needs to have a closed-door meeting with every player in his locker room of color and, and, and explain this because that could tear a locker room up real quick. See, and, and to, you you just hit on what I was thinking about, Dion. Because the one thing that I've like that I'm fortunate of and, and bear to is that we've been in locker rooms and now we're on the other side. Yeah. And to me, right. the biggest thing, like every time we crack this mic and we talk about whatever we talk about, 
you have to be conscious about what's coming out your mouth That's right. and how people are going to perceive that because we only have a certain amount of time to explain yourself and explain how you're going to handle like what you're trying to say. Yeah. And and listen, in that small cut, and I always try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, in that small cut, what I heard him say when he compared the looting and the rioting, and his, these were his words, he said dust up. The yeah. dust up at the yeah. White House. If I'm not mistaken, somebody died there. And, I, and I'm not trying yeah. to get political mm -hmm. at all. But the point that I'm making is this. Okay, Jack, if that's how you feel, you have to be conscious of how that's going to make everybody in that locker room feel that's by right. you comparing it to the way that you did it. And, and picking and choosing the words that you chose could potentially alienate some of those cats in that locker room. That's right. I don't have a problem with his opinion. I don't have a problem with his position. But at the same time, you have to understand in that small amount of time that you have, you have to be clear and concise yes. about what you're trying to say. Because we live in a microwave society, fellas. And yep. if you, you only get a small sampling size of what people mean. And that's the only thing that you have to go on. And people judge you accordingly. That's what that's the biggest problem that I had with it. Because now Jack's being labeled as something that he probably even isn't. He's being labeled right. as a racist. He probably yep. even isn't a racist. But because he chose that platform and, and answered it the way that he did, you leave us no choice. You leave people no choice but to only judge you by what you said in that small little microwave size of time that you had. Right. I, I, I got to imagine Ron Rivera saying, like, I don't have enough to deal with with this maniac. Yeah, exactly. Rob, you know what that, I'm saying? That point. I'm yeah. like, damn, we're we trying to play football. We are trying yeah. to get ready for a football season. We got training camps. And your dumb ass go out there and, 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 and that small sample size, like I said, and say exactly what you said. That's ridiculous to me. Yep. No, with oh, you. man. With you, with you 100%, man. Right. But see, that's, that's yeah. exactly why. That's exactly why they are where they are and where they'll end up this year. Right. They don't. They yeah. don't have. They don't have coof. You know what I'm saying? No. There's no, always, listen, there's man, always a got, million. What, what they say? You got to read the room. You got to read the room, man. You got to read the room. Yeah, bro. Yeah. No. There's hey, no hey, question. Hey, Hugh. Here's the reason why I knew when you decided to make the transition to the media that it would be a natural transition for you. And I'm going back to when you played. When you were in the locker room, it was you here. It was Hollis Thomas here, and it was Corey Simon here. Uh, Corey Simon, yeah, here. And yeah. whenever the media came in, it was open season on the media, man. And I would step back, and I'm crying laughing because especially young people that you didn't know or hadn't seen in, in, you know, in the locker room before, man, you guys opened up on them. I'll never forget the one time a guy named <laughs> – I hate to bring this up <laughs> – guy named Doug Brown. Oh who's now the news director at uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. He was with me in the locker room one day. Huh. And uh, so I'm y'all bring him in. I'm introducing him to you guys. And all of a sudden, Hollis yells out, hey, man, this dude Weenie watching. And he's like, he's like what? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and the, I mean, this young, impressionable, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm not. And, oh, and so, man. And so he turns to Hugh, and Hugh goes, Hey man, you in here when he watching, man? We don't do that in here. Oh my they, scared, they got this dude scared to death. I can't oh. even catch my breath. I'm laughing so hard. Hey, hey man, you know what? Let me tell you, D Gun, working with you guys in Philadelphia, y'all had a spoil, man. Y'all had a spoil because we had a great relationship with the media, yes. so much so that when I went to other places and tried to do that, yes. people got offended, man. Like, yeah. like that, like people. Like it's unfortunate, but the business that we're in, 
And, and that's why I, I feel like not only is Philadelphia a great sports town, but great, they have great sports anchors. Like you got guys that really interact with everybody. Yeah. It's not like that everywhere, man. It is not, not like that everywhere. You get to cracking on somebody like that, and hey, you might have a problem at the end of the day. You might be in an HRB. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, but you but you know what, Hugh? When you were here, you had a locker room full of loose cannons, man. You guys were just you guys just had fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you and, yeah. and, and you guys engaged everybody. That's not always the case. Usually when you get in football locker rooms, you have a few guys over here that loosen up, but everybody else is more, you know. Um, Reserve, yeah, yeah, yes. You know they're very, very careful what they say to give you all the corporate answers. You guys from one end to the other end of the locker room had a bunch of class clowns in the locker room, man. And that's when we had Bobby Taylor on this show a few weeks ago, and Bobby brought this stuff up, and I said, Bobby, that's what made our post game show back then so successful. It wasn't me standing there asking the questions. It's that dudes like you, Hollis Trotter, you guys would take the mic. <laughs> and I would just stand there and watch half the time. You guys hey, took man, over the be, show. Because, like I said, D-Gun, you made it easy, man, like everybody. Dude. But you were the one. D-Gun, you, you were the one that, that had it going because it was it, you were relatable. And, and that's, the, yeah. that's the bottom line. I tell anybody that wants to do this business. I say, hell, we're all regurgitating the same thing. Yes. Nobody's going to walk up to you. I don't know how many times you've probably been out and somebody said, hey, D-Gun, that statue broke down about the Sixers, yeah. about, yeah. you know, in the third quarter. That really blew my mind. No, they, they want to hear about your, your fishing. They want to yes. hear about you on the grill. They yeah. want to know how your family's doing because you're true. family. You come into these people's yeah. house every day and you deal yeah, the same true. thing with you, Rob. Yeah. That's why. And Barrett, because that's what we do, man. We are, we're, we're people people. We're people uh, person. Uh, whatever you want to say. Yeah, we're all of that. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I say out of that. They're like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it means it, 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 it just means something. It just means something. I don't know what the hell it means. I it know means I, right I, on. I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. You know what I'm saying? There it is. That's, that's a, that, there it is. All right. Yeah, there it there is. It is. Okay. That's Hugh, I, I got to ask you because Barrett and I lived this life with TV, the, the early morning hours. You've been doing more, you know, your morning show in Atlanta. You did it in Philly, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a combination thing for a long time, too. What's the biggest challenge, man, of, of having to be in work at five, you know, four thirty in the morning, whatever it is? You know what? That's not a challenge. Being up early is not a challenge. Having a social life is the mm. challenge. Yeah. Oh. Because now, see, I'm, I'm not married anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm living a single life right. and trying to, to interact with people in a date. That's not happening. And, huh. and it's like that. That's the biggest transition, because when I get off of work, everybody's just getting really into their work day. Because yep. I'm off at 10 o'clock. Exactly and now right. when everybody want to do the happy hour thing, either I'm watching a game because, you know, baseball is damn near every day. Yep. So right. you're either watching a game or you're watching the finals right now or something like that. So you want to be locked into that so you will know what you want to talk about. So that's, that's just the biggest thing. It's just uh -huh. trying to interact uh, during the week and, and just trying to have, have that social life. But, you know, it, it's fine. I'll, I'll figure out, you know, I try to navigate it the best that I can. But that's the biggest, that's the big pitfall because I don't mind getting up early in the morning. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, he's, you're right. You're dead on, man. It, it's, it is, that's the hard, because you, you're trying to go to bed if there isn't a game at eight, nine o'clock to get a good night's sleep. And that's when everybody's kind of doing their thing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, that's the fun part of it, though. You know, being able to interact with people, you get up in the morning, you get to work at four. And I would always come in at five because we, you know, just to be, just to make somebody mad, I would come in at 4.05. <laughs> I would sit out of my car. I was supposed to be there at 4 o'clock. I was supposed to have a 4 o'clock meeting. I would sit uh -huh. in my car until 4.05 in the morning. Just to make, <laughs> And one time I got caught. And when she caught me, she was like, see, 
I knew you were here. I knew you were here. I was sitting in my car asleep. So, I mean, I know what it is, man, before 4 o'clock in the morning, man. It'd be done at 10. Everybody else is just getting to work. I'm at work already. I'm ready to finish my day out. And they, they're they just getting, you know, they're like, oh, well, we going to happy hour. What do you mean happy hour? I'll be happy to go to bed at 9 o'clock. Happy no, hours at 11 a.m. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, not about to no, do bro. that. Not about to do that. <laughs> Look, if I had a job, if I had a job where I had to be in at 4 in the morning, I'd be unemployed because I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't going to make it. I ain't getting up there. You don't go to like the early hours. hours. That's the time Bro, he goes go to, to bed. I go to bed at three thirty four in the morning, man. I'll see that. Now you can't do that. You can't. Unless, no. See that to me is considered an all nighter. If, right. if I stay up that late, I might as well get up and get ready to go to work. Can't do it, oh man. God, man. No, no, it's man. Crazy. Hugh, let, let me let me ask you about this. I, you, I've watched some of this stuff on ESPN, and they've had some pretty good throwdowns with like Stephen A. Smith, JJ Redick, CJ McCollum, kind of pushing back at him. What do you think about that? The whole what, what the kind of business has gone to in terms of like hot takes and debates and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's 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 allowed certain people, Stephen A. Smith is one of them, and Skip Bayless to make a ton of money. Yep. Yeah, you know it, it's funny. Like, and I tell I tell people this as well. Like young men that want to get into this game, you need to figure out what you want to be. Yeah. Another guy who has started to make waves in this is Channing Crowder. You see him with, with, with Fred Tate doing the pivot. Fred Tate is Fred Fred is mostly the straight guy, but Channing says whatever he wants to say. This is a business, Rob, and everybody, where you have to pick a lane that you want to be in. Yep. Now you could be somebody that that is considered a, a, a woke individual. You could be somebody that's gonna say controversial things. You could be a class clown. Mm -hmm. Skip Bayless, a lot of people don't know this. Skip Bayless gets on TV and says outlandish things. Yep. Skip Bayless believes everything that comes out of his mouth. And guess what? Skip Bayless has made a ton of money by being that way. Mm. You know, mm. it, it is funny because if we go out in the street, I guarantee you, if you mention his name, most people swear it down. They can't stand him. He all, he's ridiculous. Yeah. He's a clown. He, he's LeBron hair, whatever. Mm. Guess what? Skip Bayless making what? 10, 15 million dollars a year. Right. So obviously he's doing something right. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying, man. It, it just all depends on, on what you're comfortable with. Same thing with Stephen A. Smith. We're not going to even talk about some of the stuff that people are saying about Stephen A. Smith because it's very derogatory. Mm -hmm. Stephen doesn't care. Yeah. He's he's chosen a lane to be in. He could be over the top. Uh, as a matter of fact, when, it's, you know, when the, the schedule release came out, he did the Dallas Cowboys schedule release oh, because cold. he was – yeah, it was, it was genius because was. he's that big of a hater. Yeah. You know, people people like that, man. And it's one of those things where I look at it like this. If you sleep comfortable at night in the lane that you chose, yeah. do you. Yeah. Be be who you are and don't worry about any, what anybody's saying to you. Mm -hmm. Well mm -hmm. said. So that's so true. I can't I, yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. Mm -hmm. So no. Hey, hey, why, hey, why uh, you said you're on, aren't you in Ohio? What the heck are you doing in Ohio? You know what's funny, man? Check this out. Uh friend of mine they put on these next gen camps you know the nike camps oh yeah and somebody said hey man they're doing one in mansfield would you like to come i said not a problem i said i haven't been home in such a long time it'd be great to go visit the family and just be a part of it now granted i did that on my own dime i i, mm -hmm. I did not get i did not get paid to do this i did it because i felt like it was something that i wanted to do in my heart just to go back and, and, and being a kid from Mansfield, Ohio, and they're doing it at Mansfield Senior High School and just being there and let them see me. Because D -Gun, when I was coming out of high school, I wasn't the most highly touted recruit coming right. out. I wasn't even the best player on my football team. 
But I had some people there that believed in me and pushed me to go to school and 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 play football. One of them was Coach Stan Jefferson, my frat brother, Five Betty Sigma. He 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 pushed what me. I tell you? He filled what out my you? financial aid papers. <laughs> what I tell uh, you? What what'd you say? Well, I see he, the first thing he's gonna bring was five eight and six. No, bro. Hey, hey listen. <laughs> All I see you with your frat, but with your little the Kobe D. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. I gave you props. I gave you the first part. I'm just saying. I just had to, I gotta give my bro some props too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my dude, man. That's why that's why he was my guy, oh, man. man. That's why he was my guy. No, I'm just saying, hey man, because you know at the end of the day, we all family. You know what? <laughs> now, now he 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 did not say though. He did not say though that we played in. A, I think it was it was either East West Shrine game together or the senior. I think it was the East West Shrine game together. Uh-huh. And you told me a new one. I'm like, yo, I cannot block this dude. It's too short, man. He kept coming around the corner. I could why, not why bend I over. Short though. <laughs> <laughs> he hey, was about this far from the ground hey. coming around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why you playing? I'm we. Hey, I am short from football status because listen, I was there a couple weeks ago in Philadelphia, and I took a picture with Jordan Davis. Yeah, and dude, everybody's talking about dude. You look so small next to Jordan Davis. That's a big man. Yeah. That is a big man. Yeah. Oh, hey Hugh, do you realize still today you had two of the more iconic lines in the history oh, of yeah. Philadelphia sports? Yeah. One of them was. When you when you body slammed Jim Miller, and afterwards you had me to ask you about, it, you said I, I jacked his ass up, I jacked his yeah. up. And the other one was to get you get ready to play a big game. He said it's do or die. It's do, do or die. die. People do still die, walk baby. around talking about that. It's do or die. Hey, because it was the Thunderdome. I think that was around the time. Was it Thunderdome was out, or that was one of the movie references? Remember, because it was like Tina Turner, two men enter, one man leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. This this whole playoff season going on out of best of seven, uh, uh-uh, it ain't like that in football. You got Dude. one done. You got <laughs> one shot at it. And if you don't get it done, it's uh, a wrap. Kiss the baby. <laughs> now you going eight miles. You got only one shot. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh my That's God. it. If you don't get it done today, you're going home, and you're gonna have to wait the next year for real. Hey Hugh, I'm sitting there with you guys a couple of weeks ago when you were here for the uh, Brian Dawkins golf outing, and I'm on the uh, committee for that. So we were sitting. Remember, we were sitting in the, in the uh, sectional chairs uh, afterwards. It was Westbrook. It was you. It was Ike Reese and and and, and you know Darwin Walker and all these guys. And while you guys jaw jacking and telling stories, I'm sitting here going, "How did this group of guys have this much talent and never win anything?" How Man, frustrating we, was we that, dude? To, you know what? You know what's funny, dig up. We try to figure it out all the time. Cause if, like, listen, all respect due yeah. to the Super Bowl team for the Philadelphia Eagles. But if you go man for man yep. on that question. squad compared to the one that we had, yep. I mean, there's no comparison. And this None. is not me, because you know it's gonna be somebody out there watching. Why are you hating? It's not <laughs> me hating. It's not me hating. You just look at the the compare, like look at the different places. You know, you had Michael Jenkins on that team. We had Brian Dawkins. Yep. We had Brian Dawkins. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Bro, look at the bookends. Uh, they, they got Jordan yeah. Malata and Lane Johnson. No, you guys had the true Trey bookends. Trey Thomas and John Runyon. Yes. Yeah, the true yes. bookends. And, and listen, and like I said, man, I'm happy. I am so happy that those guys were able to win the Super Bowl and bring it back to the city. Because, I, hey, I came to the parade. But when you look at it for position for position, it just goes to show you, man, I try to tell people this all the time. Dude, it's hard to win a championship. I don't care what sport it is. It's hard to win. Look at what's happening in Golden State right now. Now, Grant, 
they are in a like listen they got a lot more basketball to play mm-hmm. but who would have thought after the way they came out in game two and spanked boston that they weren't going to be able to keep that momentum going yep. draymond yep. files out steph curry looks clearly frustrated yeah he looks he looks clearly frustrated so it's it's a great chance that Al Horford, ever since he got dunked on by Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's been <laughs> up and down. But, dude, he might get a championship. Think yep. about that. Yeah, he's oh, making plays man. left and right. Hugh, I, I got to ask you, when you came over, when they made the trade with the Jets, how big a game changer was that for your career, for your life? I, I think it was huge. And I'm not going to lie. You know, at first, I didn't want to go. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Did not want to go because I was like, Philly? 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 Because I didn't know anything about Philly. Yeah. Yeah. But when I got there, I loved it. it it's just the mentality, the 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 people, uh, the city, the 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 legacy, everything. Philly's a defensive town, man. Philly mm-hmm. Philly loves their defenders, and you could tell that when it was. I saw a poll on the on the internet the other day, and it was talking about uh, who is your favorite Philadelphia Eagles player growing up. Mm-hmm. And when you go through the list, you see mostly defensive guys. I mean, that's what it was. You talk about. Uh, Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Seth Joyner. You talk about some guys that when you think about Philadelphia, you know, no, not sliding Mike Quick or Hale Carmichael, anybody like that, but you think of defensive players. You think of that gritty attitude. You think yep. about that, you know, blood, sweat, and tears situation. Yeah. So for me, it was, it was just being a part of that legacy, being mentioned in the same breath as some of those guys that came before you that had phenomenal careers. And then you you even go down now when you look at the the, the defensive players that played in Philadelphia. Mm. When you go across the defensive line, man, ain't no telling who you're gonna get as far as the favorite at whatever position because everybody has their own. And it might be a throwback error. It might be mm. Trent Cole. It might be me. Hell, but you know it's definitely probably gonna be Reggie White or Jerome oh, yeah. Brown because yeah. that's what that's what those guys meant to the city of Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing, man. So what, what, uh, how's other than getting, you know, giving back to some of the young kids, how's the, how's the, uh, vacay back at home? Seeing, seeing some of the, uh, people you haven't seen. In it was cool, time. man. Got a chance to see, you know, what? Uh, you know, what? It, it's funny being home. You just want to be you. You just want to be like when I'm at home, I'm Lamont. That's my middle name. That's Lamont. what people call Lamont. me. Okay. Lamont. That's my middle name. Little all Lamont, right. little fat Lamont used to run around. And, and, you know, run behind my brothers all the time. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. hang out with the family. You know, you go back home, B, it's like somebody going to go get a case of beer. Yep. And they're going to get some yep. adult beverages. And you're going <laughs> to sit back. And the first thing you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And you're about to pass out. And they wake up and say, hey, man, we're about to do it again today. We're about to throw some meat on the grill. And we're about to do it again today. Yep. That's, that, like, that's where I can come home and kind of let your hair down. You know yeah. what I mean? It just you're not, you're not you can't, Yeah. 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 You just want to. You just, just want to yeah. be. You just want to be. You just want to be regular. You, and and when I get home, I'm allowed to do that. Like normally, you know, you don't really get a chance to just be regular. So when I'm at home, I get a chance just to be regular. I, I get a chance to be Lamont. Yeah, just like That's me. Cool. My mom tell me, "Hey, go over there and get your niece." And, and boy, come here for and and, and 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 pick these greens for me. You know, this, this, no, that's no, what my mama no, told me. But but you got you understand, it's the little things, man. Absolutely. Sleeping on a bed that sleeping on a on, on a twin bed yeah. as opposed <laughs> to a king size on a twin bed, it keeps you grounded. Right, Going right. So a bathroom, you know, 
like we were growing up, we had the regular size bathroom, but for us, because we bigger, they have a cramp now, so you know, <laughs> getting in the little tub, you know what I'm saying? Doing stuff bro. like that, man, because it, it keeps you brown. Bro, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you look. know what I mean? Hey, this 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 is what Q, this would get me though, man. I go back home and I can go get a hotel room. But my mom and my brother are offended when I go get my hotel room. No, you can't. You get, I, same you same here, man. Same, <laughs> same here. Because you want to stretch out. You might want to do right, it. Right. No, they, yeah. no, you got to sleep in that little bed. You got to go ahead and suck it up and sleep in that little hey, bed, man. I'm right downstairs <laughs> on the couch. And yeah. I'm letting and I'm letting his dogs in and out too. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Hey, hey, hey and guess what else you gotta do? Take the shoes off. Yeah. Take the shoes off. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. All right, lastly, Hugh, uh, I, I let the hair's coming back, man. What's going on there? No, you I know like what? It. I'm gonna let it go, man. Cause you know what? Hey Rob, you can't see it, but I got a big old ball spot right here, man. <laughs> ah. Welcome to the right club, bro. Hey man, that's hey, hey. It is you know, it I, is. I went and had to plug things done. I fought the good fight. I'm cool. Front looks so, good, yeah. though. The front, <laughs> the front looks good, at least. I yeah, yeah. You know, the front. Yeah, because I, I give you the front. But see what you do when it's like that? You cut it low so they it blend into the ball spot. Yep. So you can fool people. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got but I'm tired. Hey, man, that's too much work, man. That's just too much work. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and cut that thing off, man. Dude, dude, thanks for jumping on with, with on your oh, vacation. Man. Man. We appreciate it, brother. It's always good talking Definitely appreciate to you. Not bro. a problem, man. Hey, glad to be here, man. Anytime. Right, hey, we're we'll, we gonna hit you up again. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. He's the best. Oh my That's goodness. My dude, bro. He That's doesn't take dude. things too serious, including right. himself. Including himself. He he's has the fun. same dude that first, when I first met way back when he's the same dude today, man. Yeah. Yep. Bro, yeah, can you awesome. imagine? Can you imagine being out on the field, dog, and he cracking jokes like that? I'm trying oh, to be serious, right? I'm trying to be serious. I'm trying to get he already started. <laughs> and I'm trying to I'm trying to beat out one of the bookends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, no, I wasn't one of the bookends at the time because we had uh it was it was um what was his name? Uh Richard Cooper mm -hmm. and Big Trey. You know when Big Trey came in, yeah, it was no more left tackle. Yeah, it, it was a rap when he got you know, in town. Yeah. No more left tackle for you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, you know, I, I had to move, you know what I'm saying? I had to move, yeah. shake a move to start somewhere else. So yeah. I went and competed at the right tackle against uh Coop. You know, and eventually I, I beat him out, but it took it took a while. It took a while. Go. All right, so let's step aside. We'll come back. We'll we'll play for you that that cold play. Cooper Cup gets paid. I'm trying to figure out how are the Rams doing this, guys, with right. salary cap. I don't know. I, oh, I still no, can't figure that out. I don't get it. We'll talk about that. Uh, Adam Sandler's got a movie out called Hustle which is a shot in Philadelphia, which drops on Netflix. We'll talk about that as well. Gunner's got a This Day in Sports History, which he's going to hit us with as well. And uh, we'll ask if the Broncos are worth $4.65 billion, what Woo! the heck are the Eagles worth? So we'll do that all when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Final segment, best show. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Take, along with Derek Gunn and Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. We are Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Just finished up with Hugh Douglas a little earlier. We had Michael Vick, so if you missed any of that, uh, you could just simply go to our YouTube channel or go to jacobsports.com, catch them both in their entirety, and tell a friend. Tell a friend. Let everybody know. Let's spread the word, man. Get folks to know who aren't maybe familiar with the show, and also hit that like button. Uh, everybody that's in our in our chat right now, we appreciate you, that's for sure. I wanted to play this for you guys. And Xander, I'm going to need the, uh, the cold play uh, from last night. I want you guys to hear this. So I don't know if, if you guys... I'm a fan of Coldplay. I don't love them. I'm not a devotee, but I think they're good. Um, They were in town last night at the link. And to their credit, played through the rain, too. We had some dicey weather last night. Um, But uh, they did a little rendition of Fly Eagles Fly. Take a listen. Give me your review. Here you go. All right, so yo. Not bad, right? They took a shot. They, they tried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to not be Eagles fans, yeah, yeah, they did all right. Here's here's my view on this. First of all, 
you know, a kudos to them because they, you, you know, they always say play to your audience. Yes. You, you want to get your audience, your audience involved, play to your audience. So I give them kudos for even attempting mm -hmm. it. But that version of Fly Eagles Fly was like people who mess up the national anthem when they sing it before games. Some people put their own twist on the national anthems and you're thinking, don't you ever sing that song again? <laughs> it, it, you know, that version of Fly Eagles Fly, I'm like, come on, come, come on now, let's, let's, let's get there. You know, but what but was, you know at least they try. I give them that they try. See, I I've, I've never really listened to Coldplay. I mean, I, I don't know right. what they sing, so I don't know what style of music it is. Or it's you know. so it's pop rock. I would say is the best way to put it. It's it's more yeah. it's more rock than pop, but there's a little bit of a pop element to it. Okay. But um, here's what I give them credit, kind of along the lines of what you just said, Gunner. I I would say right at least they don't. A lot of bands just show up and they're like, "What city am I in?" Okay, hey Pittsburgh. And here we go into our set and they don't personalize the show. Right, okay? right, right. Everybody does that. You know, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of they, bands do that. They must right? have known the natives would be restless if yeah. they didn't cater to the yeah, yeah. To our, to our so fans. I, I appreciate, like, there's some effort made at least, you know, take it to a little bit of a different level rather than, yeah, I'm thrilled to be here at right. the link in <laughs> Philadelphia. Bro, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's right. yeah. My favorite Coldplay song is Paradise. I love that song, That's Paradise. It's a great song. Unbelievable I, song. I, I it's a great it song. It. Viva La, uh, La Vida. Yeah, there's a lot of really good yeah. Coldplay Barrett, you got to listen to it. When we get off the show, listen to the song Paradise by Coldplay. Yeah, you'll like, you'll like them. Back. Yeah, because it's a song. It's one of those songs you you hear. It's like one of those songs we were talking about earlier. You still hear it. It came out in 2011. You still hear it today. Malls, yeah. mini everywhere you go, you still hear Paradise from Coldplay. See, Randall says I hear Coldplay. I think of Nickelback. That's oh, a little come rough. on, come on now, that's Randall. Cold that's blooded. rough, dude. That's, that's rough. that was cold. That's cold that's blooded. Rough. Don't don't go don't go Nickelback on them, man. I that's like not cool. hey, I like Bob Brown said that was the Carl Lewis version. Remember when Carl Lewis tried to sing the national anthem? <laughs> that that, <laughs> Lord, have mercy. that was the Lord, worst. Have mercy. That was the worst thing I ever I have ever heard. I mean, honestly, the, oh, the that Carl same Lewis. Living La Vida Loca. I didn't know it was a. Uh... That's them. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I didn't know that no. was. I, 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 I'm to be honest. I didn't know. Well, no, no, that's Ricky Martin. Living La Vida Loca. Oh, okay. That's Ricky Martin. <laughs> okay, well, that's not that. Rob, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Sorry, you do. Don't do. Don't let that happen again. You know what? That was pretty bad. Yeah, that that, that was. It was. It's um. It's Viva La Vida is oh. the Coldplay song. <clears throat> Okay. Similar. I, I get where you're, you know, I probably butchered it anyway. So I, I, I give him, I'm going to give him a break. I know what that's what I'm saying. I gave him yeah. props. I've been props. I'm trying it, but don't right. do it again. I need you guys. Cause I don't, I, I, you know, I use my fingers and toes when I count. All right. I, how, how in God's name are the Rams able to give Aaron Donald the money they gave him yeah. earlier in the week. And they just gave Cooper cup an Ooh. $80 million extension, 75 of which is guaranteed not to mention Jalen Ramsey, yes. not to mention uh, the Stafford money that he's making. We could go on and on and on here. How? How? Don't how forget, they, they, they were paying Odell Beckham too last year. Don't forget about right, that. Right, right. Yeah. How are they doing this? I don't know how they're doing it, dude. But there's a few teams out there like that that know how to finagle. I mean, you say that about Howie Roseman all the time. When they're, How the world's Howie paying these players? How's he getting these players in here? I thought they were cap-strapped. There are a few teams that just know how to work the cap better than other teams, man. I, I you guess know? you're right, Derek. But I do. At some point, does it does? Is it like running up a credit card when you just uh, whatever? Yeah. I'm just gonna go nuts, and then all of a sudden the bill comes, and you're like, "Whoa, I'm screwed here." Yeah, this they just maxed it out. I mean, they they got to be up against it. They should be well over the salary cap right now. 
I mean, they did just let what's his name go though, so that was a substantial part of their. Um, they let the defensive end go. Yeah. Uh, oh, to, to Von Buffalo, Miller. Von, yeah, Miller. Von Miller. So that yep. that took off a substantial amount. Um, they're not playing their left tackle anymore, so that took off some. So they might have had some money to move around. Yeah. Uh, with you know because of those guys not being there. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're not taking care of guys that are critical. Obviously, Aaron Donald and Cup are two, you know, centerpieces here. But still, man. It well, just you know, seems it, like... this is a case where they sold their souls to win now, and it worked. Yeah. You know, oh, no, no. At, at yeah, some it, point, at I some point, at some point, they're gonna have to pay a price. They're gonna have to gut this team and start over. But you know what? They they got what they they got what they wanted. They they won the Super Bowl. It was a great game at home uh, they, too. At home in their home stadium. Yeah. Um, and, and won the Super Bowl. So eventually, you know, the the, the cows are going to come home for that organization, and they're going to have to start the, over again. You know, well, you and, know and, the hands will come to not the hands, but the um, the roosters, the, chick, come to roost. the chickens will come. Yeah, the, the chickens will come to roost. roost. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. A, it can't be. It can't be a hen. A hen is a girl. A rooster is a dude. Well, no, how do really? you go roost? Yeah. What? I I I, okay. I don't. I don't oh, yeah. know where to. Start. A hen where? is a woman. Oh my gosh. And and a, and a rooster is a dude. Okay. So they don't uh, roost. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, what okay. is roost? Is roost is, is cockadoo to do with the rooster? I yeah. thought roosting was them going and, and yeah, the roosters, the roosters are the males. Yeah, they're the ones that do the cockadoo to do and all that stuff. When it comes yeah. to roost, though, that means they're going back to their their nest, right? Yeah, that's what. That basically all right, so saying. here's to come to roost. Yeah, I guess they could come to roost. What is going on here, <laughs> Barry? Barry, what's in that cup you drinking today, man? Right, right, right. right. The day. amount of time I've spent on a farm, you could fill with a thimble. So I'm not <laughs> even. Thing, I had to spend. I had to spend summers on a my grandparents' farm in Tennessee. I do all this stuff, slopping hogs. Ooh. But uh, oh yeah, man! And I tell you, the two the two that's, most frightening things. Hard work, bro. It is, dude. Let me tell you something. Oh, the farmers work harder than anybody oh, on, no the, on the earth. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you what the two worst things I saw on a farm life as a kid, being a city kid from Milwaukee every summer, because my mom was a teacher and she would teach summer school to make extra money. Right. And my dad worked for American motors, which is Chrysler. So they would send me and my brother to, you know, go down and be with all our cousins. So one of the worst things I had to see was my grandmother would go outside and I don't know how she did it. Cause she was grandma, but she would catch one of her chickens and snap the neck right there. We'd have fresh chicken every night. Let me tell you something. Fresh chicken tastes so much better than any store-bought chicken you've ever had, number one. Number two, I had to watch my uncles and my grandfather. They would have the big hogs in a, in, in a, in a pen, no. and they would tie a rope to a fence with a big loop in it, and they would try to herd the hogs too because what they were doing, when a hog would come through, they would pull a rope to try to stop one of them because they had to, to neuter the hogs when oh. anyone would Oh, yeah. So I had to watch. That? I don't know if this is the kind of show we be talking about this kind of stuff. Bruh. They I take, saw, I saw they, this. Were, they were clipping when they caught him, they would clip him like right there. God. And the hogs, hogs would squeal, squeal right? <laughs> and then they would take salt. What happened pack, here? How did then, you get here? And they pack salt in to stop the bleeding quicker. And you hear hogs scream. And I'm sitting here like I'm nine, ten years old. Going, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I got like. I I didn't I mean, sign up for this. What bro, is happening? Here, I didn't man. sign up for this, bro. I didn't do. I don't do farm like I worked on a farm for. Uh, it was a strawberry farm, and they 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 also um they also raised um tomatoes. But I I for for like a week. Well, it wasn't even a week. I'm talking about four days. I worked at this farm, and I All stopped right. working at this farm because not because it was hard. It was it was hard. It was hard work. Real hard work. Picking strawberries with your back, bending over, picking yeah. strawberry. That, yeah. that got old real quick. It was hot too. Yeah, that got old real quick. But what made me quit 
there was this crazy dude. <laughs> he didn't have it all. <laughs> and this lady um, at the farm, she had like, I promise you, like 20 or 30 cats. Oh. And uh, this lady came out. She started cussing this dude out. Oh, yeah, is that for real? Is that for real? Oh, are you going to fire me? Okay, I'll be back. I'll be back. Well, once he said, I'll be back, I'm like, Yo, you know what I'm saying? Some ain't, some ain't right gonna happen. So instantly, I went and I start packing my stuff up. Like, yo, I can't be this. I can't do this, man. Long story long, dude came back. He caught one of them cats and doused it in. in this is messed up, bro. What? Doused it in gas. Come on. Oh man. my god. Come on, the back of his tail, doused it in gas, oh. and set it free. And the cat started running through the farm, through the fields. It was Come lighting on, the man. fields on fire. I promise you, dog. Come on. Come I on, promise man. you. And it and, and it lit the field. It, on, it, it lit man. the fields on fire because it was running through the fields screaming. Because he said, You fired me. I was like, yo, I'm out of here, bro. Oh I'm out of here, man. Dude looked at me. I'm like, hey man, you do what you do, bro. I'm out of here, bro. I'm out of here. Wow. Yeah, man. It was deep, bro. I'm like, what is wrong that's, with this that's, dude, man? That's crazy, man. Oh hey, God. one yeah. of the the one of the worst things I had to do was when we we're kids, 9, 10, 11 years old. We'd have to help our grandparents and their workers pick. You know, my grandparents had 15 acres, and a lot of it was green beans. So we'd take these burlap sacks with a strap and, and walk up and down these aisles with some of the bug with bugs I ain't never seen in my life, spiders right. and stuff. Yes. Right. We'd we'd have to pick the beans, okay, and help them pick all the green beans. They call them snap beans, you know, because you you break yeah. them in half. We would pick them, and then we'd have to walk to the far side of the field and take the bag and a guy would be on a truck on a, a flatbed pickup truck with a scale, one of my old rickety scales yeah. with a hook on it. And he'd hang it up and he would tell you, you know, Oh, good job. You just made $3 and 25 cents. <laughs> okay. So he'd take your bag, he'd dump it, dump the bag out and you go back out there, pick more. Well, nine, 10, 11 years old, you thinking $3, 25 cents. Yeah, That's rich. like $50, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we knew at the end of the day, I mean, we'd be out there like six, seven in the morning, bro. We didn't stop till like five, six in the evening. Okay. Jeez. And I mean, it's like, I'm talking Tennessee heat in the summer when the humidity is 159% on top of being 95 degrees outside. Right. Bruh. So at the end of the day, we'd all jump in one of my uncle's old rickety flatbed pickup truck. He'd be like 10, 12 cousins in the truck. And we drive three, four miles down the road, go to the corner store, spend every dime we had on penny candy. Yes, that's when they still had penny candy. Yeah. Dude, we'd load up. Man, we'd have bags, shopping bags full of candy we'd take home. <laughs> we were too stupid to realize that was like slave labor, man. Yeah. Yep. You know? You're working all that for nothing. Yeah, that's for nothing, man. what it was, man. <laughs> but we thought we were rich. Jeez. All right, so I worked one summer. And I, this is not a farm story or any anybody's things getting snapped off or anything. But uh, – I'm working for a contractor and me and my buddy who are the least, um, as you guys know, I can't do anything. Okay. We, we, I have zero business working for a contractor. Okay. Mechanically inclined is not my, uh, my forte. So he, he says to us, all right, I have to leave this job, but I need this entire, uh, sidewalk, uh, taken up. Here's the jackhammer. So this dude leaves me and, and my buddy who can't even, you know, plug in a, a power saw with, with a jackhammer. And we had to get a, an entire sidewalk up by the time he got back, like a, like an hour later or whatever. Dude, I, I tried to jump on this thing and it's like, D -d 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 -d. I went flying off of it. The jackhammer's still going. It's like on the grass. It's ripping the grass up. My buddy, my buddy's trying to grab it. And then he tries to get on it. 
and then oh, he does the God. same thing to him. It tosses him off, and we're like, you try to control the thing, and, and it's all over the place. <laughs> my whole body is shaking. Even after I finished using it, I'm like, you know, I couldn't move. I'm like, what? this guy comes back, and it's like the grass is torn up. There's only one piece of the of the sidewalk that's up. He's like, "What do we? What did? What did you guys do for the last hour?" We're like, "We tried," and that was kind of our last day. So that was it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Bro, man, yeah, that's dude. how I got here. Yeah. Oh, right, right, oh, right, 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 right. Look, yeah. look, look, look. Uh, Randall, Randall, look. Hey, man, on the stage, man. <laughs> he said he's gonna have nightmares. I, bro, I, I, I'm telling you, bro. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it, man. I'm looking like, what is going on? Well, there was you know always those crazy kids where you were like, oh, this man. dude is not there, man. This dude is not. Right. That was, you can that tell, was man. Yeah. You can tell by his conversation <laughs> yep. when we're out in the field. Look yeah. at all these damn cats. Oh, my goodness. Right. I'm and like, that's dude, when you know you're like, dude, I just got to get away from this dude. Right. Like, this is I'm it. Like, yeah. And he was a big dude, too. So I wasn't too much. You know, I wasn't bigger than him. He was actually bigger than me. Right. And I kept telling him, bro, don't talk to me. Because I'm young, man. I'm young at the time. man. I'm like yeah. 12 years old. First yeah. of all, I shouldn't have been working because I'm 12 years old, number one. Right. 12. Yeah. This dude's like 30-something years old. Yeah. Old, you know, he's an older dude. <laughs> so he's, man, he's, he's, he's cussing the cats out. You know, I'm allergic to cats. I mean, he's just going off about these damn cats. Like, dog, the cats are not messing. They ain't even over by Yeah, you, just man. leave them be. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. right. The cats ain't worried about you, bro. Oh, that oh, lady came out and cussed him out because he did. Oh. I don't know what he did, dog. I don't know what he did. I don't care what he did. All I know is I saw some stuff about to happen, and yeah. I went and started packing my stuff, bro. Good I'm move. like, yo, oh, let me goodness. get up out of here. And yeah. just before I got out, I saw him walking in with one of the cats like this. Oof. And when he's petting it, he's petting it hard, too. I'm like, why is he petting this cat so hard, man? <laughs> Rub the hair off his I'm like, I feel bad for I feel I just I could I couldn't take it, man. I no, I hear you. You got out of there. Oh, yeah, all right. So, Gunner, I know you had yeah. a uh, just a segue out of this. I don't know how, yeah. but uh, that you <laughs> Rob's had, like, what kind of show is this? <laughs> yeah, man. You had a great this day in sports history for us. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, are you guys horse racing fans? Not really. Yeah, I, Not really? I'm a, yeah, I'm okay. a fan. All right. So you know, I, I like I love watching the Triple Crown. You know. Yes. Because in history, there's only been 13 Triple Crown winners. Mm -hmm. uh, but on this day in 1973, one of the most favorite Triple Crowns winner actually completed that that, tri that trifecta, uh, Secretariat. Yes. If you remember anything about horse racing, Secretariat. And what made Secretariat so special was it was the first horse ever to run the mile and a quarter derby in less than two minutes. Ran it in like 159 and two-fifths seconds. That was a new record. Went on to the Preakness, set another record for running the Preakness. Then in the Belmont Stakes, a mile and a half race to complete the trifecta. Secretariat ran it in two minutes and 24 seconds. Also another record. And on top of that, won the final leg of the Triple Crown by 31 lengths. Oof. Dang. 31 links. 31. That's, Think about 31 that. links. That's unheard yeah. of. Gunner, he, no, he, Secretary is considered the GOAT, like the greatest. The GOAT. You, the GOAT. Yeah. Because the, no the horse that did it before that citation, it was 25 years previous, 23 years previously before that happened. Yep. So after so after Secretary had won the Triple Crown in 1973, my mom and dad and a lot of my uncles and aunts, they used to love to go over to Arlington Park in Illinois, which was a big racetrack in Illinois. It was sometimes we'd make, you know, they would go over maybe once a month. Or you know, a couple times a summer in the, in, in the summer, and, and you know, we'd be a big outing, and we would go because we would get to pick up all the tickets that were you know, we, I don't know why we get the popcorn. Popcorn is great, the hot dogs are great, and we'd run around picking up tickets. And as we got a little older, 
our parents taught us how to read a racing form, like what, what horses to pick from. But that particular summer, um, in August of the year, got to see Secretariat run. Our Secretariat came over and ran at the Arlington Park. One of the most powerful, beautiful chestnut colts I've ever seen in my life. And Secretariat won that race at Arlington Park by like 15, 20 lengths. Wasn't even a contest. But, but, but that was a special moment to me because I actually got to see up close a horse I watched on TV just a few months prior win the Triple Crown. So that's why I brought that step. I said, wow, I can't remember. I mean, I can't believe it's been that long. 1973 since Secretariat mm-hmm. was the talk of the town when it came to horse racing. As a matter of fact, when it got to the Belmont, the final leg of the Triple Crown, Secretariat was so popular, close to 100,000 people went to Belmont Park in New York to watch to see if this horse could become the first horse in 23 years to complete the Triple Crown feat. It was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable spectacle on TV. And the funny thing was, everybody was talking about it the next day, about this horse, Secretariat. And so that's my story. That's cool, man. I, I love yeah. that. I, because, no, there, I, I don't think there's any question, even to this day, even 39 years later, which is, think about that in sports. How many things haven't been one-upped in 39 years? I, I still think exactly. Secretariat's the greatest. I think he's, he's yeah. you know, that horse yeah. is the greatest that's ever ever done it. All right, I, I got to ask you guys. So, when looking at what the Broncos went for, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, they went for $4.65 billion, billion with a B. What would the Eagles be worth? If, that, if, if, a, if a market like Denver was wow. 4.65, what would the, what do you think the you, birds would go You got to double it, right? I would, I would assume you double that because it's the fourth, this is the fourth ranked market um, as far as, you know, media. Yeah. Fourth ranked as far as, you know, per capita. Mm-hmm. You have to say um, it has to be, it has to be at least double. Right. I would say, yeah, I, I would, I think eight ish, you know, whatever what, right. in that range. It sounds about right. You know, I well, mean, I checked with, um, um, I went and looked at the stats earlier today in For- Forbes and Wall Street. Now, both of this is based on 2021. Mm-hmm. Forbes, Forbes had the Phillies, uh, had the Eagles as the ninth most uh, expensive team, and that was for 2.4 million. Okay. Wall, Wall Street had them listed at 3.8 million, ranked B- ninth. Billion, billion. Oh, I'm sorry, billion. You're right, yeah, billion. Yeah billion the dallas cowboys on both surveys were ranked uh number one forbes had them listed at 4.0 billion uh wall street had them listed at 6.5 billion i don't know how there's a two and a half billion dollar discrepancy between the two right but um you know it's funny that according to them again 2021 fall of 2021 under forbes dallas one new england two washington three Jets four san francisco five jets six Houston seven, Chicago eight, Philly nine, Green Bay ten. Houston Wa- ahead of uh, ahead of Philly and Chicago. Had Houston ahead of uh, had Houston ahead of Philly. I'm a little surprised. I mean, the market yeah. is growing in a big way, yeah. but I'm, I'm a little surprised at that. Now, effect. Wall Street has it: Dallas, New England, Giants, Rams, Washington, San Francisco, Chicago, Jets, Philly, then Denver. Okay. They had Denver listed at number ten for three point seven five billion. And what is what did Denver just sell for five? What? 4.65. You know what? Then the, it, the Eagles may be at like six, maybe six ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably I mean, somewhere around. Apple's there. orange is all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Six billion, eight billion. <laughs> Most, pocket change. Yeah. Give, me, right. give, me, give me six billion. You two will soon forget my name that you ever <laughs> knew me. I existed. Baird, you will never get close to my family again. Oh, God. Uh, we go. Put it we like go. this. If, we if, go. If, if I got that money, best believe. Wherever you move, I'm buying the house right next to you. 
You can move five times. I mean, I got five houses. He'll have his boat on a dock on a slip right by your house. Trust, trust me, Derek. Look, because you can't. Be living you ain't, you ain't gonna find. You'll never find me, bro. I got yeah. too many places to go. You will never find me again. Yeah. I've seen you both postcards, so anonymous Thank postcards. You. Thank you. I that's about that. it. That's all you get. Uh, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this. Was, this was an interesting one today. Uh, so we tomorrow, place, man. yeah, we were. We have uh, EJ Smith from the Philadelphia Inquirer is going to be joining us tomorrow. So we're looking forward to talking with EJ. We talked to him right before the draft, if you remember, guys. Draft yep. day, as a matter yep. of fact. So we'll uh, we'll talk to EJ about OTAs, about everything the Eagles have done since then. He will join us tomorrow. Uh, thanks to Michael Vick and Hugh Douglas, guys. It was fun. Derek uh, Barrett, great Man. job, as always, fellas. want to thank our producer, Xander Krause. Thank you, Xander. And uh, don't go anywhere, everybody, because you got the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming up at 3 o'clock. And everybody, enjoy the rest of your, your Friday Eve, as they say, your Thursday. And we will see you guys same time tomorrow. Thanks to everybody in the comment section, everybody uh, who viewing. Tell a friend, smash the like button. We will Chris see you D. Guys. Chris D. I didn't call you a guy. Just remember that, Chris D. It was Rob Ellis who did that. <laughs> what did what? I do? Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.